Time, time out real quick. Nathan, you think I don't see that in chat right now? Hold on, let's busy. just back up. So Cheryl decided to quote saying, we'll just call you the quote, the big tease, end quote, or something. Sparrow says on the couch. I don't understand why you would even say such a thing, Sparrow. And then Nathan nonchalantly in the middle of our discussions got a type. He doesn't tease on the couch. It's pretty straightforward. These are lies. This doesn't happen. You all should be ashamed of yourselves. You're probably just proud. But anyway, yes, please. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> Welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcasts for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back Renfell. What's up, everybody? Also, welcome back the Nathan. Napalm with the bathwater that he likes to make flavors with and taste and sell and things. Oh, oh no, it's it's not bathwater. It's a different oh, I'm sorry. The market. It's a shower juice. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's just I can't keep up. Some people do farts in a in a cup. Some people right, do bathwater. Right, Other people do. Well, well bathwater. Um, bathwater right. is a simpler thing. You you can just like yeah, after you're done, right. you can just dip in and bottle it. Shower shower juice is a little carefully bottled, right? Oh, yeah, it has to reach a yeah. certain point before you actually bottle it <laughs> right so it's a fair point it's a very fair point i have a question about that daedalus welcome back <laughs> thank you i'm glad to be back coming back I'm to that podcast pen. known for the uh effort we'll do it live <laughs> scenario this is a very much a no filter within limits podcast for sure uh and before we get dug in i'm going to come back to that pin that i put in there with nathan's uh shower juice shortly but Got to give a shout out to <laughs> all of the supporters, the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping the party's bags packed, provision stocked for all of our adventures here on the show. Um, also, as always, if you'd like to do us a solid, leave us a five-star review over on iTunes. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can find that pin to the top of our social media over at the LFM show on Twitter. Pin post, click iTunes, go over, do your thing. If you leave a comment, we will read it here live. And also, you can call in if you are bold enough. None of you yet are. I'm not calling you uh, scared or anything. I'm just saying it hasn't happened yet, but you can call into one five, three, nine, six, six, four, six, eight, zero, one. Watch me get like a rager. Right. And then I can't even use it. The first time I get it, be like, it's going to try to call me out. I'm going to show that mother what's up. And then I'm going to leave me some crazy raging message. And I'm going to be like, Hey, blank. I uh, wanted to, to read blank, but I can't because that would probably get me banned in, in various platforms. So, you know, as always keep it uh normie, I suppose. Um, so, I want to give a shout out to Twitch. I did the first webinar that they provide. I can't talk about what was in it or anything because that was actually like partner confidential. Apparently, I didn't expect that level of uh, <laughs> I didn't expect them to be like, can't talk about what's in here, but you can say you were doing one. I was like, all right, cool. So I did it. It was actually super cool. It was like an hour long. Super. Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. They're, they do. They do oh, some. Uh, yeah, they do some webinars. Apparently, I've got like three scheduled this month maybe a fourth i'm not sure yet but i've got two more so every wednesday i've been doing them and it's like basically just free like you know the more you know coming from twitch related to the platform and best practices and all that and it's really really cool it was a good time 
yeah, it was really that for partners. I'm assuming. Yeah, it was. It was for partners. I'm assuming too, because it was all you know. This is for partners' eyes only, and then you know, I don't know whether or not that's going to extend to um, you know affiliates or anything. But however, with that being said, they you know we talked about that program that they've got that they've been testing with certain people, and that that's been tested with. Um, partners and affiliates according to their actual thing i haven't tested it i haven't been able to i kind of wish i had been able to but um i'm hoping that that actually goes through so anyway i've been feeling a lot of love from twitch you know probably i've been doing like some of the research development stuff with them because they have like people that like contribute and i'm like constantly in there contributing because i genuinely want this to be a better place and i think that they've been getting better over the years um they definitely had a dark period for a while there i was like i don't know about this platform man yeah for a while there but they've been they've been making some pretty good gains uh so okay back to the pin i i placed there nathan yeah so um what's the flavor of the week i guess what's oh well uh well it's not of the week it's it's inspired flavor so um you know there could be multiple per week there couldn't be none that week i mean it just depends on um okay depends on what i've been doing that week um you know what i've been into you might say uh could definitely affect the flavor um lately <laughs> It's mostly blood, sweat, and tears uh, flavored. So, you know, uh, just depends, you know. Interesting. Um, yeah. So um, call in numbers in chat. And if you do exclamation call in to anybody that's here live, encourage people to be here live. Because if you're here live, then you get to see like the chat and the community and interaction that we're responding to sometimes when we actually are like talking to people that you don't hear on the show. It's people that are usually in chat. Um, I got to say, man, we're going to talk a little bit. I kind of been breaking things up into segments right now, and I don't know how this is going to go with the evolution of the show long term. But I got a section starting off with called The Shade. I got one coming up called gaming stuff. And then I got one called in geek. Right. So I've tried to split it up because some of these are like not really gaming related. They're totally geek related. Some of these are, you know, definitely gaming related. And then others are just like random stuff going on. So first of all, I, I only play the Elden ring a couple of days a week, two to three at the most. And I'm fine with that. It's a, it's a, it's a long-term journey, even whenever it was coming out. Remember I said, I hope this is a game that I can just enjoy playing for a long time. And right now, it is clearly going to provide that for me. So I am really freaking happy because I actually have a game that I can slowly chip away at week to week when I got time, stream it a little bit, play it a little bit, get my ass whipped like I did last night, by the way, went down to the depth somewhere, literally got sniped by these ghost minotaur things with these freaking ballista bullets, dude. So when I got, when I got impaled by one of these things, it's like, over the length of my body as I'm standing up, just sticking out of me. I mean, most of the time I get one tapped and I was like, oh, okay. You can't just go run around on nonchalant, like being careless. I, I got, I got got a few times yesterday, but the, the exploration, oh man, I was just mouth open, staring, just enjoying sounds, it. Sounds very good because the only game I've ever done that where I just took my time was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. Um, well, no, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, both those games. Um, and I got about six months out of each one on the PlayStation. Like, I just let it go. And I would play it a couple times a week. 
And instead of burning through it in like two weeks, like I did say with um, Cyberpunk 2077, mm. um, I just let it go and played it over six months. Um, and it was enjoyable. So if I if I ever do get into Elden Ring, I think I'll be doing it the same way. Yeah, um, yeah and there's only so much uh, or a certain point in Elden yeah. Ring you can get to sometimes before you're mm-hmm. like, do I want to be pissed off or <laughs> get get got? <laughs> so I've been I've been getting to the point where I start to get mad, and then I'm like, I'm gonna go play Pokemon for a while and chill out. <laughs> Pokemon for a while, yeah. Get get triple triple dog pounded, as I say. Take that <laughs> yeah. however you want. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, yeah. You know what's interesting about that though? It, I've noticed something. Right when you travel around in the different like maps that you unlock, I'm still hovering before the big first boss, right? But I'll go to like one area that seems like it's you know newer and more difficult, and you'd think that you get to a point where some you know castle's gonna just wreck you, and you go in there and you're like, I can handle it. Then you go right next to it and you decide to jump down into some delve and you get beat the shit. And you're like, wait, what? I figured this would be. Nah, man, not every not every domain is uh, equal on the difficulty scale. So, yeah, Yeah. I love that, though, because it's not like you can't predict exactly what's going to kick your ass all the time. Right. And yeah. you'll be freaked out. I've been freaked out about stuff, uh, little mini bosses. I'm like, oh, God, this is bad. And then one shot at it. And I'm like, oh, well, Same. that wasn't as bad as I thought, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Someone's like, you were clearly over level for that area. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, for that guy. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. You see how I got yeah. my ass whooped like 30 times in a row back there, right? <laughs> I'm going to take this I'm win. Not, I'm not playing it. But one of the things I've been watching, I get a lot of TikTok clips. Um, there seems to be lots of really fun traps that aren't related to bosses. Like there was this one where mm-hmm. there's like this hand that's underground and all you see are like the tips of these fingertips, but they just look like boulders. And this person was fighting some generic mobs and she ran over to the right to dodge out of an attack. And this hand just went up and went, and just squished her. Oh my God. Like that's pretty intense. Have you done the, uh, it's totally optional, but have you done that uh, little dungeon where the, um, where there's like a chariot? creature like patrolling and oh that Mm. part is wild dude and you keep being like okay i got past you no and then he does something different like oh god he killed me again uh it's that's that's a really cool one i did fight a night cavalry guy with the pole arm through the night to the morning and he fucking despawned when he had an inch of his health left and i was like oh oh that's oh my god i was like that was very frustrating even for me watching (laughs) i know dude did you see how i was just i felt so shattered afterwards like i think anybody watching felt the genuine sadness in me like oh man that was like an epic battle then all of a sudden it's like you're like what yeah i'm like you long exactly and he was this close man this close and there were so many other things around me i mean i even i felt like i did good man i i like i i, I literally there's like the packs of because uh, he's on a bridge and there's like packs of um mobs in different area and if you kill the ones in different areas of groups right you get potions and at the time he was way stronger than me so i was slowly chipping away at him right i i bought him Tried to focus him as much as possible, ran him around in circles, went through potions because he ended up getting me because that thing's got freaking reach. And then I go and while he's chasing me, I go kill a pat or something or patrol, right? A mob group of mobs, replenish a potion. So I'm sitting there cutting him around, getting chased, getting spanked. 
literally killing these things to get potions back, then going back and fighting them again. And then right up at the end when I had him, it was like, see you later, bitch. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I crushed a, me a bit. You had a story with a bear? There's no... <laughs> What are you laughing about? How did this? How do you know about this? What do you mean? I remember, I remember this. So if you're like, I don't know how this bear spawns. Let me just. I think I killed this guy. Oh, maybe nothing happened. Oh, he pops up and he. Those bears are those big bears are so fast, dude. You yeah. think you're out running it, and you try to take a split second to look behind you, and then what's up? What the hell is going on with this roar shooting across the distance? Shit with a bear, huh? I'm like, he doesn't just swipe, pounce, charge, and maul. He literally fucking will blow some shit at you with his voice, like Fusrado and shit. I'm like, what the I'm actual fuck? It. Yeah, I had a, I had a good bear encounter. Uh, <sighs> I was I was live, and you know, I seen the, my first, you know, not the normal size bear, but the really big guys, you know. And I saw my first. I was like, ooh, look how big he is. So I'm like sneaking up to like get a closer look at it, and so the chat can see it. And I, I go up behind this rock and I'm like up against the rock looking. Then I realize that's not a rock. That's a bear. I'm hiding behind a bear. Sleeping. Oh look at a bear. It like scared the crap out of me. Yeah. So thanks to chat. That was totally Don Versafari right there. I thought I didn't really consciously, consciously going into the show. There would have never been a plan to talk about that because I screamed. <laughs> So right? I, yeah. as high I, i've got a pretty deep voice so for me they reached that <laughs> went up a couple of octaves yeah, yeah and you know puckered up clenched stress level heart pounding i was like i feel like i need a fucking you know anti-anxiety <laughs> medication or some shit to keep playing this i was like going into it going we're gonna have a fun time even when i get my ass handed to me it's usually a fun time i felt like yesterday i was i was legit like I could have used a Xanax before I played, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, yeah, yeah that that is a game where um, it's interesting because like it's super fun, it's really good, but also there is a sense of dread, yes. you know. There's a sense of like, <laughs> you know, oh no, uh, you know, what's next? What yeah. what's it gonna throw at me next? What what's you know what's the new way to kick my ass today? Three hours of feeling like I've just traveled and explored it was cool though because i went to the depths and i went down and went down this crazy long and i'll veer off of this because there is a topic around this, but I went down this crazy long uh like elevator that drops you way into the depths right and you're just dropping you're like oh this is amazing and you go travel through it after you know i got traveled through it after get my ass handed to me or whatever got to the end came went up another one out and i'm over in another zone and shit and i was like that is sick that was cool but then I yeah. quickly teleport to an area that felt familiar because I was like, everything here, big bear. I'm like, you are clearly going to maul shit on me. He's just walking around. Then you got those fools out there just scratching on like trees and shit, aggroing from like a mile away. And I'm like, are you serious? Hello? So I yep. was I was treading lightly. But do you know what is really sad about this situation? Over the week, and I'm going to drop a couple links. This is just like... Like, are we are we really this fucking petty game devs? Are you are you really this petty? Like you see another game that's doing amazing. 
and you're going to hate on it and talk shit about it, right? That literally happened. I saw this pop up one day. I woke up. It was on my feed. I was like, really? Like, they were literally talking shit about the fact. Like, it's right there. There's one, like, uh, Sony devs, Ubisoft, I think it was. Uh, Maybe for sure it was Ubisoft. They're out there just talking smack about how there's not a quest log. I'm like, that's kind of the point, you cookie-cutter fucking game dev. You're complaining in my mind, because they aren't doing the cookie cutter bullshit most of you peasants are out there doing, giving us a piss poor gaming experience, right? And they go do something right that forces us to have to be mindful, think about the world, remember shit, and not rely on this, you know, guided experience that most of the games, like, you know, they hold your hand the whole way. So they're out there bashing it because essentially it's not holding your hand and that's a bad thing. Like, please. To me, it just shows, like, what kind of game dev you are. Like, you're basic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at the screenshot from that article. I I just actually kind of laugh. And initially, it was like, yeah, I definitely had some challenges with it being, you know, there wasn't a lot of information on the screen. But actually, now I prefer that type of thing. And it almost Mm. reminds me, too, of, like, my add-on addiction in wow and how like (laughs) how am i gonna function in a game without add-ons and like you know what you did it like you did it in vanilla when there wasn't very many add-ons you just figure it out i mean this whole entitlement like mentality that's now like getting posted on twitter just drives me up the fucking wall i'm sorry but it's like they have no recourse but to like nitpick on things that don't even matter because it scored a 97 on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it is one of those games where you almost can't help but love it. Right. Even if you're bad at it, if you're actually playing it, you can't help but respect it. Right. And, and, and love it for what it is. Cause it's just well-made. It's just a, it's the breath of the wild formula. Yeah, but really, really, really grown up. You I know what I mean? Heard, um, we were talking about him last week too, but I was watching a video with Doctor Disrespect, and he was saying like, as much as the game, he he still keeps going back and yeah, playing he does. more. Yeah, but he it's keeps addictive. saying like he's like I. It's just he's like I don't really like it, but yet I keep coming back and playing it. After you know, it. I'll get upset with it, and then I'll go away, and then I'll come back and do it again. Um. And then, like, Asmongold has been, like, off his rails about how it's, like, the best game he's ever played, despite the fact that he hates, like, certain things about it. He's like, that's why I love it so much, because there are these things I hate, but I keep coming back. It's like, I haven't seen anyone have a genuine complaint about the game yet, other than, you know, some buggy issues with like clipping it clipping bosses and stuff. That one I've seen. Yeah. But that's that that can happen in any game. Um, But it's been like that Metacritic score and just, it's been pretty much universally well received at this point. And even if people aren't like loving it, they're still having fun with it. And that's the most important thing, I think. Yeah. And it has a, it has that really old school, uh, addictive quality that Nintendo games. Yes, used to sir. Have, right. Yeah, cause Where you, exactly. you had to go until you died. And then if you died, you had to do it all over all again, over. It over again, but you'd be better at it that yes. time. Right. So and and this is kind of like that, except for you know death isn't quite that big of a deal yeah. uh, as it, it was back then. But uh, you know when you do have to retread a little, uh, you know backwards, or you go to a new, uh, you go to an older area to 
because a lot of times that's that's another good thing about Elden Ring is everything's so layered. So like that very first intro dungeon has a secret dungeon in it. I know. You can go back after you get two stoneward keys or whatever it's called, and that's a sweet, intricate, long, crazy dungeon with good loot in it and everything. And it's like, but it was cool to go back there to go to that dungeon because Thank you, Nathan. Not to not to <laughs> Not to say the tutorial was hard, but, uh, you know, going back there in one shot and everything was just super satisfying. I bet it and was. Then, Guess what I'm doing. And then you get your butt kicked again, you know. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm learning everything through people who have, like, learned it or done it or whatever. And when I hear about a new thing, I'm like, guess who's going back? I'm going to beat that ass, man. There was a, something up on a ledge. I was like, how the fuck do I get to that? I can't get to that from here. I've traveled everything I can possibly see. Well, there we go. Guess who's going back into the that yeah i remember know. the one you were talking about too sim because it was the one back in the dark corner because you figured out that oh, it yeah. on top of the ledge yeah there was another one that was way back in the corner and it was all dark and there was no way to get up there yeah and i was like there's got to be a way i know there's got to be a way okay stone sword keys got it roger i'm pretty sure i got two on hand if not i'll find another one somewhere yeah fuck yeah it's awesome too it's a good one it's so yeah really good one. so to those devs shut the fuck up yeah shut the fuck up did you grow, see the meme up. Did you see the meme where somebody said if Elden Ring would have been made by Ubisoft and it's got like the little waypoint? Oh, yeah, got I saw that. Log and it's got a cash oh. shop. Like, don't forget to visit the Elden Ring shop. For yeah, that's what I was about. Dude, it's so funny. But also, I was looking, true. I was like, dude, that's actually true. It also, is. like, what a load of garbage we put up. Wow. With. Like, Best gaming meme of 2022, maybe. I think, I it, think well, so. it's, it's another I think component. So. I've seen, wow. I think Asmongold has talked about this, a couple other people too I've seen talking about that one of the things they love about Elden Ring is that it's a game, just like the old games used yep. to be. It's just a game. There's no cash shop. Nope. There's You're not earning coins. You're not earning NFT shit. It's just you bought a game, you play the game, you beat the game. And then, it's a lot of game because, you know, like I'm still super early like Sim. I'm just enjoying my, Respect, my time though. here. But – but, you know, the people who went just buck wild, you know, two, 120 hours deep, I keep finding people are like, I thought I was mm. done. And I just found this massive other area that's like going to take <sighs> me forever to, you know, it's like, does this game ever end? It's Amazing. like, dude, these, you're talking about getting your money's worth. Um, See, this is how you're supposed to do it. Right. This is what it used to be like. That's why we keep mentioning the olden days, man. That's well, why we talk is... about the old Nintendo games and shit, man. You literally buy the game and that was your adventure. I have a big rant that I've done over the years, last three or four years, I bring up a lot, which is value for a game for me is 99% of the time, the value of that game is directly tied to how long did it take me to beat the game? Like, if, if, like, uh, the Star Wars Squadrons game that came out, I wanted to love it. The combat was fun, everything else. The campaign was six and a half hours. I was like, thank God I only paid like whatever I paid for it because it was cheap because I didn't care about the multiplayer component. Like I wanted an X-Wing versus TIE Fighter mm. single storyline that was going to take me 40 to 50 hours. And I got six hours and I was like, I can't believe I just at least it was only $40 versus, you know, 60 or whatever. But I can't stand if I get less than like 20 hours out of a game that I've paid 50, 60 bucks for, I feel like I've gotten ripped off. If I could get 50 mm -hmm. hours out of it, feel like I'm getting my money's worth. Anything beyond 50 is like icing on the cake and more levels of icing mm -hmm. on the cake, which is why like Witcher 3 being able to get like 
between the main game and the expansions, like 220 hours out of all of that, I was like, this is heaven. Like, why can't yeah. more games do it like this where you just mm-hmm. get tons of content? I totally agree. So, yeah. And yeah. then the other shade thing is, uh, man, this is I'm hoping they get hammered for this Activision. Do you see that? Activision tried to throw shade at Elden Ring? No, this is another oh. shady thing that went down. Like, oh. so remember how Activision Blizzard Codex got buddies. bought by, yeah, Kodak, his, yeah. Uh, his buddies, it looks like they, they might be guilty for some insider trading. Oh, I, I, we need a little justice in the world. That's that's all I can really say. It's like a, f- a few of his buddies mm-hmm. who s- somehow managed to get rid of shares and made you know, $60 million, like the day before the sale and everyone's, you know, they're like, Oh, it's just a lucky timing. And mm-hmm, uh, SEC's not having any of it. They're like, no. Nope, yeah. Man, if you want to, yeah. if you want to do stuff like that, guys, come on, you know what to do. Go join, you know, uh, get in the government. That's only people allowed to do that. Right. Like, what are you doing? That, does everybody forget like Martha Stewart, little old cookie grandma mm-hmm. got busted friends. Cause that's exactly what she did. Yep. She went to prison. Coming. She yeah. sure did. Yeah. She totally went to prison and was on house, house arrest for like, I don't remember how many years of the oh, ankle bracelet several, yeah. and everything, you know, she, yeah. she shanked someone while she was in there. I mean, changed that's her. why she's, she's so buddy with snoop dog now because she's got yeah. that <laughs> other side now she's hilarious though man she really is. She, that would have absolutely destroyed most people considering what her brand was right and then she went to prison and she has come out and if i even Good see life. that she's in a video i'm gonna watch it because i know she's gonna be hilarious hilarious She's like yeah, thug so, life bitches, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, talk about Martha. talk about just like coming back and being like, oh well, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> holy shit, Martha! Like, damn, that lady, man, she's she's fucking around, right? Yeah, and you know what though, the SEC lately, this is like you know totally in another domain that I like tinker with, but man, they've been cracking down lately. I think there's some pretty big changes coming down the down the pipe, and this is just one example. They are just like the moment they see something because the because literally like us, the consumers, like, you know, the people that are getting just totally screwed over that try to do trading the right way have been getting completely dicked down by like, you know, naked shares and options and, you know, dark pool trading and all kinds of stuff. And man, they are like. But to be fair, yeah, you know, let's be real. There are definitely like entities in the United States that will get away with it for reasons. But the fact that they're going after, you know, people like this that we know are out there doing some pretty shady things is evidenced by, I don't know, not listening to your community, right? Screwing people over, uh, hurting people. Things, you know, things drifting away. Drifting um, <laughs> away. Hey, dude. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I hate to start off our, our section on games here that we've been leading into by talking about something that's kind of a little bit of a heavy, hard announcement, but also not completely surprising under the circumstances. Uh, there were a few games I've covered. You know, I, I used to get kudos because I was like one of the creators that would cover, um, you know, the smaller indie devs, uh, the ones that sure. didn't have a lot of like you know, whatever, like not a lot of like bandwidth, support, awareness, whatever. And I would kind of defend the night was one of them. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, defend the night. Yeah. I mean, you shared it, too. And I saw that announcement and I'm going to read it because I have covered it. Lexer used to be on there. He used to do some work for them as coding. Um, now, the lead the lead guy, the lead coder, basically the 
pretty much like the backbone of a lot of the creative processes for this game. If, if I'm being really fair here, he, he had a lot of weight in regard to responsibility levels and he was doing a ton for this game. Uh, Brian, he was a, he's a cool dude. We had him on, talked to him, um, showed his face for a Q and a uh, round table. We did a couple years ago, back around the time I did one for Saga leukemia. Um, and he's been MIA, uh, for like a year now. And so we got this announcement here and it said, it's been a while since we put out a development update and we felt it was time to share our summary on what we stand or we stand today. Uh, while work has continued over the past several months, the pace of development has dramatically slowed. This is mainly due to changes in my own personal life, less available time to dedicate to the project at the current pace and lack of funding. It's unlikely that we could continue to pursue a game with the size and scope that DTN deserves. So while we are still optimistic, that an appropriate development roadmap can be restarted in the future. It's best to set expectations and announce the development of DTN is currently on hold. The team appreciates all the support and enthusiasm this community has provided during the early stages, and we look forward to the opportunity to resume development and push forward with the vision for this game. When that time comes, we'll be sure to let you all know and restart our regular update. So good to kind of get that because they have been pretty quiet for a good year now. A year and a half. It's been dead yeah. A year and a half. Yeah, and it, um, it's it's different for them too because no, they have nobody's money, right? Um, this was a passion project, yeah. so you know that's mm-hmm. it's much different than when people have already invested into it, etc. And then they run, then they say make an announcement like this. So you know, I agree. Sad, and they but, were one of the you know MMORPGs that were essentially going pretty anti Kickstarter at the time with all the horror stories that were going on. They believed in actually creating a product that they could deliver to people before they actually went and asked for funding or anything like that. So yeah, it is it's definitely a bit of a buzzkill to kind of hear that. Although good on them for actually sharing it. It seems like lately more more of this the smaller studios or projects that don't really have a lot of funding have been just slowly just dropping off the radar haven't they i can tell you why yeah just talk about it um this is opinion i would would say but i I have a little bit of experience in this space um and not just with um game dev i can take this back to travel blogging which i was into before and all this other stuff um anytime you're working on something that's going to take more than say three years to get to a finish line it takes a certain mindset to stick with it day in and day out. I was talking to Nathan about this the other day, looking at the Viva the Dirt League Kickstarter, which is ending today in like a couple hours. They just crossed the $2 million threshold mark. It's 11 years since they started with two dudes making videos, StarCraft parody videos, and just oh, nice. every week religiously. And then they got a third guy, and then they added Brit to the team, and then just continuing, never missing a week doesn't matter never missing a week never missing video production but if you're gonna do something like that most people break around the two to three year mark because if they're not making money by two to three years in they start to lose the vision they lose the motivation they lose all of these things i can say this with with saga leucemia um we, we we had around 15 or 18 people between 2014 and the the formation of the LLC that came and went. And that was only a year and a half period of time. And it was because we had a lot of people who got all gung-ho. Then they got on board and went, oh, shit, I've actually got to put in 20, 
30 hours a week outside of my day mm. job. I can't do that. My wife won't let me. My, you know, I just had a new baby, my job, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, all these things come up. It's very difficult for anybody to find the time to put in religiously after, after work and outside of your family commitments. Yeah. And if you can make that getting past the three year mark, for me, what I've seen in my career is that anytime, if, if, if someone can make it past the three year mark, then they have a good shot at, at making it, whatever yeah. it is. Cause it's not about luck. It is not about luck. It is about day in, day out. Yeah. Persistence. Yeah. Persistence. But, and, and it's even, it's even harder when you're doing an MMORPG because it's not something that can be done with one or two people. You need a team yeah. of people. The issue that I saw, and I think I've, I've openly talked about this on the show and, and, I may even talked about it off the air. I think I talked about it off the air with you, Sim, but like I've, I've seen there's a, I don't want to name any names cause I don't want to upset anybody, hurt anybody's feelings, but there is a, uh, a, a developer channel on discord set up around independent okay, yeah. MMORPG developers. And it's all these little one or two man teams. And I remember yeah. attending a marketing meeting back around October and it just, I, that was the last meeting I attended with their group because it was just, it, I felt like it was somewhat of a joke because I showed up to the meeting and people are talking about their plans and everything else. And I'm like, we had one, one person who I've had on my show. I like the guy. I had him on my Mondays and MMORPG show. He's a really nice guy and he's got a good head on his shoulders. But he laid out like what he was trying to build. He's like three or four years into his project and he laid out his vision for the rest of the game. And I just did a very quick calculation during the middle of the stream. And I went, dude, that's going to take you 30 years at the current pace that you're working at Shit. 30 years to complete your vision. That's not possible. You either need to find funding and hire 10 people to work with you, or you just have to scale everything way down and you go with a starter zone and two connected zones. And you just launch that as a prototype and try to get right. money because you're never going to be realistically able to, to take that to fruition in the vision scale that you have. And that was pretty much every single product on that team. I know you've actually called this person out, uh, on the show as oh. well, we had um, Shattered Relics, I think. Oh my God, that JTL Brad guy is such a yeah, yeah, such like a that pansy the, little bitch, dude. God bless. I, there's, there's. I'm a sorry, lot like what a pansy whiny won't own a fucking thing, little bitch, dude. Seriously, yeah. this, if you can't listen to any, if you can't listen to any criticism and be willing or open on literally anything not one single criticism would he ever own right and then he and then he's in there poaching in that damn titan reach area which actually zero fucks given man i call it how i see it dude you're whiny little bitch dude you need to grow a pair and fucking like listen to people you are trying to make an mmorpg number one rule community that's, that's, listen to it yeah and that's the unfortunate reality for yeah. most of these little indie teams is they've got two to three people, maybe four. And it's not to say it can't be done. We've talked about Reign of Darkness before. It, Great example, yeah. He, he Low definitely, scope. Low he, scope. but he also didn't build it, so to speak. He purchased everything and then just sure. put everything together like a puzzle, which is fine. Yep. That's what those assets are there for. But to build something from scratch, like all these people want to do where they want to build their own IP and they want to have unique art, God. You need 20 to 30 people and a $10 million budget. And even then, you need to be able to complete it in five to seven years. If oh. you can't do that, oh, if you man. can't do that, you're never going to have an MMORPG. So that's yeah. why we see so many dropping off the face of the earth is because they start, they finally, right. three, four, five years in, start to see that brick wall and go, holy shit, 
I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, um, yeah. And this dude's talking about, he's been working on his game for like five years or some shit too. I mean, I was going to help out with lore for a reason, but if I tap out, there's a damn good reason I tap out. I won't say why, but there's a good reason you tap out. Cause like, nah, homie, nope, nope, nope. But you know what else? There was another dude in there with Valorbound, another game. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. call it out. I don't care. He joined my Discord. I'm, I'm actually going to say this and call it out because, like, real talk, like, this is stupid. Learn from these guys' mistakes. If you are a developer and you listen to this show, please just learn from this. Like, this is basic. This is, like, common sense, I would think, but clearly not. But, like, this dude... So I made a criticism. I named him, and I named that guy because of their games, and they were essentially, from my perspective, poaching on the community. Dude, this guy from Battlebound joined. His name was like Lord uh, Frozen or some shit. He, he joined my Discord, uh, said hi, was kind of cool, said I respected your opinion. Literally two weeks later it was. Then he goes and he gives me the example saying, I'm not trying to change your mind. And then he gave bullet points to how he's trying to change my mind. <laughs> and then said something about like, if you ever want to talk. And I just basically said, I stand by my point. I don't think he liked my perspective. He was like, I, oh, I'll go ahead and I'll leave your Discord now. I'm not trying to blah, blah, blah. So I was like, no worries. And he hadn't left yet, so I kicked him out. I was like, I don't want you here anyway, dude. I don't need, you know, I, I even told him, I was like, just be honest, dude. Just own it. Like he was trying to say, I also backed it. And, you know, there was a developer space that was created in that Discord. Yeah, after you did that clarification, I was there. I watched. It wasn't that channels, channels didn't exist. People didn't ask you to post it. That's why I reported on it because that's why it was viewed as skeezy. If people were asking you to share it before you posted it or led them to you posting it, there's a difference, right? D again, dude wouldn't own it. So like the thing is, is this is not a good path, man. I don't see projects like this actually having a chance. This is all my opinion. In my opinion, stupid decisions. In my opinion, right? Skeezy, sleazy. In my opinion, lazy, Listen to community, own it. These are my opinions, right? As evidenced by the things I said, right? So I can't get any trouble for having an opinion. Freedom of speech, no. United States of America, baby, right? There it is. But also, intent to harm reputation has to be proven in a court of law. So <laughs> there's that too. So I have zero worry about what I'm saying because they are based on experiences that are from my perspective with whatever level of objectivity I can provide. Granted, it is a subjective perspective that is my own because it's coming from me. I still feel like it's pretty well objective based on the information that I'm sharing. So there it is. I got to say, Nathan, now, mm. Pantheon, man. Yeah. Is it today they're having their thing? Yeah, it's so, at 6 p.m. Pacific, oh, uh, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, there's a big something coming, baby! Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Yeah, so, announcing tonight. I'm curious. Is what I understand, yeah. Yeah, they did, it. they did tweet that it is. So if you remember a little while back, and everybody's pretty hyped because they went through the HCRP and they showed them what the game looked like when, it, when they did that, um, and we got a little taste of it, so... It's been a little while, uh, and mm -hmm. now they're coming back to show us the progress they're at. And I, it must be pretty good because there's. Fuck yeah, oh, can I ask? You, when was when was the when 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 did they start the HDRP process? Do you remember? Uh, it's been a, it's when they started it. I, I I'm going off of rough memory here. I I could look it up, but it was roughly I'd say maybe September that they started doing that. Maybe six months ago. 
Yeah, sounds about right. Okay. Man. Yeah, HD rendering pipeline part two later tonight. I'm gonna, I'm so. gonna, there's, a, there's a reason I asked timelines because I'm comparing it to another project that we know of. That, that oh, God. Now, listen, though. Here's something that, because of that, that immediately triggers my, my thing here <laughs> is that they're also building their own network stack, right? So they're not using Unity's um, system because they said it wouldn't wasn't really oh. good enough for what they wanted to do. So they built their own network stack. Um, and that is something on their goal list of things they got to get done in order to get to alpha because they need that in, in there to do pet systems, uh, you know, lots of complicated things and uh, their, uh, all their own assets to be added in the game uh, to kind of... Uh, replace the um you know the stand-in things that they have right now uh etc 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 so the project you're mm. talking about just did the hgrp it appears and and but they didn't have their own network stack they're they they're using unities and he wants to upgrade all the time because you know as as unities gets better he wants to cash in on that upgrade but the good news about not doing it that way and having your own is that like you built yours for what you need to do for your game and obviously built to be able to scale easier um without having to uh have brand new builds of your of your game right so mm, yeah. I, and i don't know if they're gonna announce anything about the network stack but that's the biggest pretty big you know hardest thing to do that once that's in um i mean i believe alpha is just da, 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 da. Uh, that's the biggest roadblock oh, yeah. right now to get them into I will, I'm, I'm assuming Sim will be there with me, but I think I'm definitely going to, once they make the announcement for Alpha, I will buy in for Alpha. I yeah, probably uh, will as well. I actually feel pretty confident. I've uh, recently, I was actually going to try to do a video kind of talking about, because I can't do the kind of content like a lot of the more dedicated Pantheon people can, because I'm more, I've got the podcast, which are a big piece of my own content. I've got two of those, right? Then I've got Ashes of Creation website, which is asheshq.com. Then I've got, you know, like the different like game guides and all the things that are kind of popping up there. Plus we curate articles like Daedalus is probably going to be helping. We got the, so we do a lot there and it takes time. I cannot, and I actually talked about that in one of my recent things was like, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth for that, but I do have the bandwidth to kind of, you know, contribute in regard to, you know, my perspectives as like a theory crafter and a person who loves lore you know i can kind of talk about those things i figure so i actually sure. was uh after the last time i looked at some of the stuff they released i was looking at the uh their lore right and i was actually pleasantly surprised because i was like thinking yeah. i was gonna do something on it and i was like ah i'm gonna need to wait on that a little bit longer because it, i'm gonna need to absorb it because there's a significant amount there uh you know like there was like three pages i went to their lore they got three pages and i believe two related to zones if i'm not mistaken um, on their website, right? That doesn't include anything in like wikis or any of the other stuff. Just like, yeah, they've got just tones yeah. by now in reality through all the newsletters. This I mean, their lore is deep, and that's to my mind, that's 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 a that's all. This is what every you know little indie team mm -hmm. should be looking at and saying. That's one of the things you have to have is a good story and a good lore. We've talked about that a bunch on this show, like. Yeah, if there's not, only a mm -hmm. couple snippets on your website. It's not going to cut it. Um, no. yeah. I want to know history. I want to know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it, what what some what the, what some games their lore is so bad that it's almost like I just look around this room, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, um, 
wood on wall. Um, hmm. Okay, so the wood on the wall protects me, therefore, from the outside elements. Therefore, that could be the entire premise of my game is that you have to be inside to stay safe and that's my lore like no bro that is definitely some cheap uh, garbage stuff right there See, that's like, below basic but there's a game maybe releasing this year oh man and, uh, i'm gonna say their lore is about equal to what i just did just now just nice yeah I'm, I'm pretty stoked man it, i like the fact because like with ashes that's one that i was able to like grow with in time like i was able to sort of build upon it based on the small bits we had on their origin story and now with this one i'm having to actually go in and if i go through and i read all of that lore right now i'm not going to retain it all so i've got to go in a little bit at a time kind of absorb you know one story chunk and go okay long and short of it in my mind is this then go to another one then long and short of it is this and then eventually i ca i'll catalog that this is why like with ashes i'm able to just like you know we're, we're doing a whole lore discussion, Daedalus Eye, and uh, Pasha's going to be back on next week for the Ashes Pathfinder podcast. So if you're interested in Ashes lore, definitely want to tune in for that one because we're doing another dive. We haven't really dug in and just theory crafted and speculated around what we know in a while. Um, so I, I'm stoked because I know once I actually go through the Pantheon stuff, my brain's just built to catalog story like that. And I'll just have this catalog of like Pantheon stuff sitting there too. So... Then I want to give my feedback on like what I like about it and and you know some of that sort of stuff and maybe do a little theory too there, which could be fun to talk about here because since I don't do a Pantheon podcast, we might have a day where we just kind of chip away at Pantheon stuff and sort of talk about like what I've found there because I've done this with other games too, like we did this with Defend the Night here before Valar, we did it before, <laughs> we did it with Dream World more than once. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I can't. There's no lore for Dream World. <laughs> the lore, the lore of, of Dream World. Uh, it's the best lore you're ever gonna find. In game, yeah, period. it's the last yeah, lore you'll ever enjoy. Ever. It's all the lore ever is in Dream World. So <laughs> can't be bad. It's the best ever for everyone. Always. It's be the best lore ever made. Oh my best. god. <laughs> We have the lore, the best lore. It's the it's the best best lore you've ever seen in your life. It's like You'll whatever. never find lore better than our game. Yeah, <laughs> just like when you were talking about how like development pipeline for games, you know, at Gozrenfell, I was like, you were sitting there saying stuff like people have things come up with their family. And this I'm like, and then their family leaves them, and then this leaves them, and I was just yeah, all, the, all the talking points. My friends. I mean, left some me. of that, some of that is legit. <laughs> yeah. But but True. in his case, no, that no, was that man, was man, bullshit. <laughs> that was his whole selling point. It was. Give me money, cause oh I'm man, desperate. dude. So I'm stoked to see what Pantheon's going to be showing off, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping it's just you know we we need we need we need some good the MMORPG genre needs some damn winners, man. Which is why I'm hopeful for things like Pally, even though I don't know how much I might actually play that. Pantheon Ashes, one of the ones I would have said I was stoked for was Defend the Night, and now I'm like, ah, oh, shit. The list of possibilities is just getting smaller all of a sudden. Did you say? Did you say it needed some winners, or did you say wieners? Well, I'm sure there's plenty of wieners in the MMORPG genre, but I think we need some winners. Okay, just yeah. checking out. Yeah. It hasn't been in a while. Like, there's no. Oh. I can't point to any indie projects outside of Pantheon <laughs> and Ashes that actually have a snowball's chance in hell of. All right, now I don't. Completion. 
or the scale of which like is going to be something that people could potentially be really dug into playing consistently. Sure. Because I think we may even mention this on the show before. I think I had a rant one time when I was talking about how realistically you need 20 zones to launch at the start of an MMORPG to give players enough content to even consider giving them three months worth of content. Uh, New World launched with, didn't really have zones, but that island is really freaking big. And even that game, people had maxed their characters out within the first month. And and that was a team with millions of dollars at their disposal and mm. hundreds of people working on the project. So there's no realistic way that a small indie team with less than 20 people when when five people are working on this, five people, you've only got two world builders, maybe three, two or three artists. That's not enough to to make enough content over a five year period of time. And if you're launching a game with say less than ten zones, you're screwed because like people are going to plow through that in a week, maybe two weeks at the most, and then they're going to be sitting there going, "Why am I?" you're you're asking me to pay a subscription what what you you charged me fifty dollars what like i think that's why multiplayer or co-op games can do better for small teams because you're not trying to build a a game that's meant to be played constantly it's a co-op experience but has like 40 to 60 hours of gameplay that's it you know or if you get something like among us or whatever where people can just repeat it over and over but i think the idea and I could say this having spent seven years working on an MMO. Um, I was even naive about some parts of sure. what it, what I was wanting to launch with because I, I, it need it needs more. You always need more. You can never have enough with the MMORPG crowd. Never, never, never. And if you have less than thirty people on the project, I just right. don't see it being realistic to be able to to unless unless you're doing it Reign of Darkness style, where you don't care. And you don't need a huge amount of money. True. And so, or Project Gorgon, another good example. Yep. You have your, you know, you have your 500 people that play the game, and that gives you enough money so that you, you and one or two other people can continue working on the project. If that's, if that's enough for you, then you can totally make that workable because yep. you're not trying to 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 make all these claims about how we're gonna have this game that's gonna be amazing and all these people are gonna want to play it and it's like. Not enough people are going to play it to pay you the salaries that you want to make for your 15, 20 man team. Like that overhead is huge when people start wanting hundred thousand dollar a year salaries. If if everybody's not greedy and everybody's work willing to work for thirty five thousand dollars a year, you know the average median is is the median wage for the U S still thirty six thousand or what is it? Um, that's like, maybe I don't know about right now, but it was it's pretty around close there that recently. Yeah, it's around there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think so this year it changed, team, but. If everybody on the team was willing to take forty thousand dollars a year paychecks to work on the project, you've got a team of ten people. You still need half a million dollars a year just to cover salaries and and payroll and taxes and everything else. But then you also need a quarter million dollars for yeah. um, uh, accountants, lawyers, IPs, licensing, server costs, all that overhead. And you never want to just run on a skeleton. You need at least six months of money in the bank to cover accidents or dips in subscriptions so Mm -hmm. you need to be realistically making a million dollars a year and 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 in order to hit i'm gonna do the math on that real quick because my i can't do math off the top of my head so i'm gonna pull up the calculator if you want a million dollars a year divided by say 90 some thousand a month you need to be yeah well you need to be bringing in like sixty six thousand a month like um saying hang on i did the math wrong on that 
What did I say divided by? You said a million, so a million yeah. divided by twelve. Yeah. One million so, dollars. One and, and, million dollars. Yeah, and, then, and that's just you know, <laughs> if you're doing that, you know, how are you going to get? You know, <laughs> if you've got ninety thousand dollars a month, that's great, but how are you making that 90,000? Is it from subscriptions or is it from box sales? Because if it's box sales, you're only going to have a box sale every two years. So you've got to sell $2 million worth of copies every time you sell box sales. You know what I mean? And, and that's, you know, if you're selling for 60 bucks, you got to sell 30 plus thousand copies every time you sell a, a, a box, a box. That's just unrealistic. I'm a little bit over here giggling because we were just talking about money and I was just thinking uh-huh. I forgot about it. But last night, like trying to get my daughter to go to bed and she was telling some story. I didn't hear the whole story, but apparently something about somebody's dad or something. She told she told my wife, like super offended, like like she backed up. And she was like, he is worth thousands of dollars. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah, sure. he's worth thousands of dollars. Uh, so am I. I'm worth thousands of dollars. That's yeah. not a... <laughs> it's, it's crying, man. She thought that was like a big deal. You know, like, he is yeah. worth thousands of dollars. It's like, I, so it's like, so it's like the majority of <laughs> people that work and have like, you know, you make like, you make you know, 10 K a year and you're, you're worth thousands of dollars. Right. 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 Of a right. Thousand, right. So, <laughs> or even less probably. It's so I'm curious. I didn't get to look at this one. Uh, I think maybe Renfell, you posted this, uh, this one right here, which is a turn based. Mm-hmm. This is on oh. MMORPG. No, mm-hmm. it's a, Oh, Oh, wait well, a article is, start- but it's an RPG game. Yes. It's an RPG. Yeah. yeah, it's like an old school Final Fantasy one style game. There are a few things I can look at uh, and say, "Cool, it's a small mm-hmm. team, four guys." So that's realistic for them in terms mm-hmm. of scope and everything else. What 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 made me what triggered me <laughs> was the use of the terminology "fully funded." Yeah, because they put that. I mean, their Kickstarter hit the goal. They're asking for twenty thousand. Yeah, I can also tell you this. $20,000 is not enough to pay the salaries of a four-man team. It's not. No. Like, mm-hmm. even if you're living on dirt, 20000 between four guys is right. five grand a piece. You know, that's not enough to do anything with. So the – I don't know. I feel like maybe this was just a marketing Kickstarter. Well, I'm they, feeling like it is too. But didn't they say in the video that, like, they were like, this is to cover our taxes? And I might have missed couple, that part. I, I might be wrong, but I, that's what I caught anyway. That's what my brain walked away with. And it may have been that I just knew that wasn't enough. And maybe they said something like, this is to help us cover. But I remember taxes being in there. Because I remember being like, I hope you also know that 40% of that's also going to have to go to taxes. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. wonder if you know that, right? Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, that I, I got to say something about that game. Just my personal opinion, right? Okay. I think it was. I think it was not smart for them to use the word Final Fantasy. Uh, the reason Fire, why is yeah. this is not this. This is not the kind of art style mm-hmm. that Final Fantasy fans like. I agree. Um, so I feel like you're attracting a crowd that isn't going to like your product. Um, yeah. You know, it'd I be kind of like if I attracted people to my channel about Call of Duty. They're not going to like my channel. What's the point? I don't want them. You know, I don't I don't even want to attract them because that's not 
yeah. who I that's not my target demographic, right? right. So um, it doesn't mean that some yeah. people like Final Fantasy wouldn't like it, right? But it's just like weird that they that was what they went with, and they it, it appears right. as though they went to the media to say push it as this old school final and it's just like dude that's they did it because of the mmrpg success or just because of final fantasy because i'm looking at it and i see all right from from like the battle perspective sure it's like that but it's also like dragon quest there's a ton of other games you can fill in the blank with here from back in the day Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe they should have stuck to the like old school RPG, turn based RB- RPG or something. They yeah, could have gone with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would have been that. better off even picking. I just feel like they should have picked an American style, not because it doesn't Japanese. artistically look like that at all. It doesn't even feel like it to me. No. It's, I mean, I get like Avatar. It's kind of that kind of feel, right? Like, Fair. sure, it's in that direction, but it's not. Like nobody's actually gonna, everybody's gonna know the difference, you know. So like somebody in chat said, you're gonna attract the weebs. The weebs aren't gonna like that, right? That's a good way of putting it. Like the weebs won't like it. Um, I don't care about that. I think it's a, the art style looks fine. But I'm Dang, just saying, yeah. like, you know, being a Final Fantasy fan uh, yeah. myself um, doesn't hit the mark. When you reference. say Final Fantasy, that means a lot of things, right? It yes. means like super well done art design and, and creature design and um, narrative story design narrative um, yeah really tight combat doesn't matter if it's turn based or you know even the action based in Fantasy 15 it's very tight very like precise very polished um and i don't know i just wouldn't do that i wouldn't do that i agree I agree and with bunny, that. Ears, bunny ears aren't in very many uh, Final Fantasy <laughs> Sparrow. I know from your perspective, <laughs> it may funny. seem that way, but it's, actually, there's true. only there's only two Final Fantasies out of all right. uh, fifteen of them that have bunny ears in them. Well, eh, well, there's there's humans who wear the bunny ears in bars in a lot of the even the old ones, I guess. But yeah, I, I agree though. I think I think. Uh, I do agree with Renfeld on this. I think that from my perspective, this seems far more a marketing plan uh, yeah. with their yeah. Kickstarter and and probably even with the using of Final Fantasy. I think they could have done a better marketing plan, though, and it still would have done probably as well, if not better, because then you're not focused into one specific frame either. Right. You're not saying Final Fantasy people, you're going to love this. You, you really Oops. pitch it for the old school RPG style i think that's also a good marketing tool because that's why you'll see a lot of these kickstarters doing these twenty thousand dollar amounts like fifteen twenty thousand dollars because that's a realistic number to hit because all you need to do is sell 350 400 copies and if you can do that that gives you proof of concept and then you can go to the publisher a publisher and say hey we just did a successful kickstarter do you want to partner us partner with us on this and then you can hopefully get funding for something else agreed i mean who knows what the reasoning is, but I just looked at it and went four guys or four people, I should say, four I don't know, guys, yeah. girls, whatever. four people only asking $20,000. The trigger thing for me was the whole tw- the tweet, the tweet where it was like fully funded on Kickstarter. And I'm like, but does that mean you're fully funded? Because $20,000 doesn't do shit after taxes and after shipping and after all these other things. Maybe half of that is what you're going to see split between four people. You're going to get a couple <laughs> thousand dollars a piece. Like, right what that makes no sense to me at all zero zero sense yeah i mean i guess if it's a passion project and you're basing your funding goal is just the twenty thousand, then that's literally the only 
Yeah, but plans. what do you need the money for if you're already been working on it in your you, spare time? Yeah, you don't. Outside of your day jobs with four guys. You like, don't. Yeah. Stardew Valley yeah. is a really good example you of don't. a dude who was working as an usher in a boring job as an usher to theater and then for five years programming yeah. in his spare time outside of his day job. And then he launched his game and then he made his money. So it's like I don't understand some of these Kickstarters sometime where they're like fully funded. You're fucking using that term like as a motherfucking marketing fucking ploy. And it. It is. He's so triggered by it. That is a good point, though. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's like, so what? So like, could I just go and say, hey, um, my channel's fully funded? Yeah, remember Titan Reach did that. What does that? What does that even mean? Right? Like, trust. First of all, that only even makes sense to say for an MMO. Why are you even saying it for a regular RP? What the fuck does that even mean? Right? Like. I understand it for like because in MMOs you want uh, you know I, I can see more why that why using those terms would make sense right like, like there's no fun. risk we already have the money we need this money is just to whatever right like I get it there but I don't understand why ever yeah my coffee's fully funded I yeah, exactly agree. my my phone is fully funded remember um, when Titan Reach said it was fully funded you see what I mean like it's important yeah. that you mean very my specifically. Beard. It's fully funded. <laughs> right? Nathan's uh Nathan's shower juice, shower juice is fully funded. No, it's not. I need everybody's money. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, don't, don't tell up, people that still that ain't true, man. It ain't fully funded, man. Catch yeah, me on my Patreon. That's not fully funded. Catch me on my OnlyFans, <laughs> motherfucking fansly up in here. That should be our that should be our catchphrase for the show. What? We are the world's only fully funded. Funded podcast. <laughs> oh, we should, dude. Just be like, tune in for the world's first fully funded, the only, the world's only fully funded podcast in existence. That's right. Why? LOL. Nobody else has been dumb enough fucking, to think to say it. That's why. I'm gonna start doing it now just because fucking lol. Yeah, we have to. Be like, it, and then they're it, like, you aren't, and I'll be like, you need to check out episode 73. The yes. stars, baby. Okay. It just, but it does, exactly. it does irritate me a lot because I see more and more of these little indie teams yeah. trying to use it as a catchphrase. Agreed. The other one is, is you know, and I think that we're seeing it now with one company in particular who's now <laughs> it's going to start this effect with other ones because we started with the fully funded. We're, we're fully funded. Trust yeah. us. And the other one is we're we're in beta, baby. Trust us. The game is the game's gonna launch really soon. We're in beta. No. And it's like you're adding fucking features in in Still. beta. That's not a beta. That is an alpha. Like that mm-hmm. you're just using marketing terms at this point, and it's gonna it's gonna ruin it for everybody. Um, because no one's gonna want to touch anything if it's in beta or if it's fully funded. They're gonna be like, nope, nope, not gonna touch it. You get it launched, yeah. and then we'll. We'll give it a chance. Unbelievable, man. I've like literally just can't I can't get around this stuff, man. It's just the, the <laughs> things people say and do. It's like whatever's going to get your attention. I need you to make me the best. Come on. Come on. Get on that hamster wheel, baby. Come on. Come on. Let me milk the titties, baby. Come on. <laughs> come on, baby. Get up there. You know, get the what the hell. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to let. <laughs> I'm gonna let one of y'all sort of uh sort of share in on this. But so comicbook.com, man, there's an article about Dragonlance. 
Oh yeah. Oh, it's oh, looking yeah. like he, people oh, might yeah, be stepping I mean, in soon. Like, so, what? so, 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 hang on, hang on, hang yes. on. Nathan's gonna nerd out in a minute. I gotta nerd out first. So sorry, Go I'm jumping it. on the bandwagon here. Get in. So first and foremost, we have you know obviously there was a lawsuit around it, but it was resolved and and everything else. But Weiss and Hickman came back for a new trilogy. That was a couple hey. years ago. Um, there was a lawsuit because Wizards of the Coast decided at the last minute that they didn't want to continue it. They didn't want to pay him whatever. There was a lawsuit. They finished that. Then we got um, Fizzband. Uh, magical, whatever the book was, uh, six months ago or whatever. Um, and now we're getting playtesting where we're actually getting to see Kender and the Knights of Somalia and other stuff in playtesting. I think and I hope that this means we're about to get like an official like series of camp like campaign modules mm-hmm. and a setting module for. Dragonlance. And I love D&D, but I love Dragonlance more than Forgotten Realms. And I will buy every fucking book and I will go absolutely deep if nice. it's Dragonlance. Like if they're coming out with Dragonlance yeah. books. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. on. It's on. How deep yeah, will you go? I, I I love Dragonlance so much. I swear to God, if they do what he just said, which was exactly what I was going to say, that I'm really hoping that like yeah. D and about to release this whole line of campaigns and 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 uh, stuff. If they do that, I'm not going to lie. Um, it will be difficult for me to continue my channel, even being the theme that I've created <laughs> over the past really? few years, because I will nerd the hell out and I won't be able to. I can't stop it. I love Dragonlance, dude. It's it's the coolest. Uh, in my opinion, That's an amazing setting. It's it's just the coolest setting ever made in fantasy. Um, and well, okay, that that hurts to say because you've got, okay. So besides Tolkien, right? Besides that, right? Coolest fantasy setting ever made. Uh, I would put it right above. I mean, right below Tolkien, right? Like so, Lord of the Rings, uh, Middle Earth. Oh shit! And really? Dragonland immediately it's, too. Like yeah. it's touching it. It's so good. It's touching it. And here he's um, slapping yeah. skin to skin. <laughs> Talking about his hands. Gotta maybe maybe gel, I should baby. yeah, shower maybe juice. I should maybe I should make a podcast on the making of the shower juice. <laughs> what are you gonna call no, it? No words, just skin slapping <laughs> sounds <laughs> in running water. <laughs> oh my Occasional god, dragon lance baby thrown in there just for good. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never thought Nathan would go ASMR, but I guess we go for that, bro. You're gonna need the can ASM nerd ASM. It'll just be like, oh, Jack and Lance, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, nerd asthma. Oh yeah, get on skin. Guess the sound. <laughs> what God, dude? What what flavor yeah, shower but, gel but is it? Listen, it's it's been a really long time. How long's it, dude? It's been like the eight years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was like the eighty, the late eighties, um, maybe early nineties, but somewhere in that time frame. It's been a long time since we've had a a a, a dive into Dragonlance, so it's time. Oh it's my time. god! Now it's we know a- how the podcast got fully funded. <laughs> <laughs> Shower juice, baby. Between that and the casting couch. couch. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's unreal. This is not my doing, I swear. But I will say, uh, you know, as much as much originality as I have <sighs> in my own world of the Weave in the Void, uh, uh, it absolutely was inspired by Dragonlance. Like, my brother and I literally, like, before I started writing the, the, 
the chapters for the week. I literally went and reread the first three Dragonlance books and was like, this is the style I want to write it in. When we built the world, we literally looked at the the way the Dragonlance setting was created by Weiss uh, um, and his, or excuse me, by Hickman and his wife, because they were the ones who created that setting. Uh, uh, Weiss came in as and was just working on writing the books then, but Hickman and his wife were the ones who created that setting and took it to uh wizards of the coast and sold it mm-hmm. to them and then they built that setting up so i i absolutely 100 percent looked at the formation of Dragonlance as a setting and said how can i replicate that with the weave in mm-hmm. the void and i said okay so first and foremost we have to create the setting then we have a book series and then we can have all this other stuff that comes after that but the setting that my brother and i were seeing if you watch the early brainstorming episodes that we have from like the project Dramon playlist like we're literally sitting there talking about how well mm-hmm. we need like a kinder style race but we can't do kinder we can't do halflings like what can we do and we had both just watched willow and it was like what if we had like the brownies from willow as like the nobody's ever done brownies in a tabletop setting right and they're like yeah but we can't do brownies like that because that'll be like too much of a ripoff so how can we make them different we're like just throw wings on them and now we've got this you know inspired by but then we have this like comedic tiny race that's like the kinder but it's different from the kinder i totally i'm not ashamed to admit that Dragonlance is like a huge inspiration on everything nice. we're doing with the weave in the void so this this news to me was just like oh my. that's awesome oh, yeah now, what was funny is i was trying i was trying to because you know we communicate on our discord to kind of let each other know about different news going on so we can kind of uh, figure out what's gonna what we're gonna talk about on the on the yeah. following show. So like I was trying to post that, but I was at work and I was driving and I was oh, way shit. up north. I didn't have good reception, so all I got out was Dragonland. Dragon and, oh, yeah. and then and then Rinto, it did take Funny. it was like seconds. He had the exact freaking uh, one posted. I was like, because I was trying to post, it wouldn't let me. I didn't have no Discord was being a bitch that day. So that like I, okay. I woke up from my nap and I thought, well, I wonder if Nathan tried to post the links, but it wouldn't let him because of the. Because I tried to post the links and it wouldn't let me. So then I restarted my computer, went and took a shower, came back and did it. And it let me do it the second time. But it, it wasn't that long because I was like, I'm just like spammy Discord going, I have to get the links. <laughs> yeah, you're just like Dragonlance exclamation mark and then Renfield posts the link. But yeah, that was the day that Discord had like, it was like an outage day for three hours or whatever. Uh, I like, thought it was me. No, nah, it was like everybody, home. man. It was like three hours of like, MIA, you could see stuff, but not see stuff, not interact, but interact. You're like, what the hell is going on here? It, I, like, I had no idea. <laughs> All I saw was Nathan's comment was like, Dragonlance, exclamation, exclamation. And I literally went to Google, typed in Dragonlance, went to the news column, and there was the playtest news, and then I freaked the fuck out. Nice. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good, yeah. man. I, uh, I got to tell you, man, I'm... <sighs> It's really cool. This is uh, something I posted. It's it's a Brandon Sanderson. I'm not really going to like necessarily link it. It's on Kickstarter, but he, you know, he finished the will of time right after the original author, like after not original, like the author of the series uh, passed away. Right. And he's got a bunch of his own stuff. People have, I, I found out about him when people referenced him as I was like going on my own journey for writing and preparing my world building and stuff. And so I didn't know he was, um, but anyway, he does like YouTube stuff and something came up on my feed and he was just like something like he it was like something about how and I don't even follow him. Right. It just popped up on my feed because I check his videos out from time to time and it like popped up and it was like basically coming clean about what what he's been doing. Dude's written four freaking books 
in between. Yeah, in, in between his contract. Yes. So I would like to say something here because oh. I have – this is a funny thing to me. So I have been following Sanderson for a very long time, but I never read any of his books outside of the Lord, uh, outside of the Wheel of Time books until I got my Kindle at the end of last year and I finally read the Mistborn mm-hmm. trilogy. When I read the first Mistborn trilogy, I went, oh my god, now I understand why he got the contract to finish the Wheel of Time because this dude is amazing. But since I have followed him for many, many years – he is one of the most prolific dudes out there who will – he can easily do 10, 15,000 words a day. Crazy. And it's because he just sits there and he's a machine, but he's also meticulous in his world building and outlining. Yeah. So he'll spend months world building and months outlining, but then when he gets to writing, everything's already so mapped out that he's literally just connecting the dots at that point. Right. But, the, 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 the point I would like to make is there's been some criticism about the Kickstarter going, oh, another white cis male I making saw that. I was like, what? Dollars. And it's like – They're just okay, hating on him because they don't have that. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. The Kickstarter is somewhat of a, of a finger to the publishing industry because it's like I don't yeah. necessarily need the publishing industry anymore because I can go do a Kickstarter for four books that I wrote on spec and make $50 million. But at the same time, he wouldn't be where he was or where he is today without the help yeah. of the publishing industry, which made him True. a best-selling novel in the first place. But he is also an exceptionally talented writer who has done things that blow my mind. And even if he was a self-published writer, I think he would still have a healthy level of success. But he didn't get where he is just because of publishers. No. He definitely got where he is because he was bad enough. He's definitely in that 1%. It's yeah. like, you know, when you look at like any – the NFL or N- MLB or any professional sports team, you have all these people who are like coaches making $60,000 a year at colleges right. and high schools and everything else. But then you have the 1% who are so good that they're the Michael Jordans. And Brandon Sanderson is like the Kobe Bryant, the Michael Jordan, the – he's like Stephen King. Like he's up there as this dude who could do amazing things. The fact that he wrote four fucking novels Crazy. on spec in between his contracted work – just because he was like, I'm not traveling this year, so I got all this free time. I'm just like crank out. Here's more what I shit. did with it. And you're like, geez, like, dude. Dude. But this also goes to show you, and I think I was talking to Sparrow about this the other day, either on stream or in Discord or something. This is also a, a good proof of what you can do oh. when you have a team who's yeah. handling all of the editing, publicity, PR, and everything else. If you can sit down and write for eight hours a day, like I can do 1500 words an hour pretty reliably. So if I sat there for eight hours a day, especially with voice text these days, like voice to text, like I can do 10,000 words in a day. The problem for a normal person like me or you or any of us here on the stream is that we also have day jobs and yeah. or other things like podcasts and gaming and streams. And so we can only carve out maybe two hours a day to do that world building or that creative writing. And so we're only ever going to get so much done. But imagine you know, if you were able to pursue that full time, that's the Sanderson magic. He's pursuing yeah. it full time and he's in that position. But it still blows my mind that he did four novels. Now, granted, they're all standalone novels, so it's – I'm not going to say that it's easy, but it's not that difficult to have an idea for a standalone novel. And then if you just put two months at it and you're doing – if you're doing 10,000 words a day, not, not that he did every single day. But if you're just shooting for a 100,000-word novel, like you could do that in a month if you're doing right. 10,000 words a day. Like you could do that in 10 days. Like, you know, but 
that's the thing. It's like if you give yourself a good couple of months in between your other projects, then you could realistically, over the course of like six, eight months, carve out. But it's still amazing. It's an amazing thing, and it yeah. blew me away. Like I quit looking after it hit like twenty five million. I was like, "This that is was just like gonna... within a day, though." And then it's it's at twenty seven million now. But there's like a twenty seven million now. Yeah, there's yeah. A, and he's got twenty days to go. I think he. I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but I think he might be the most funded Kickstarter. Yes, I don't know. It, if, it is the number is one most now? funded ever on Kickstarter. He was like ever. second highest the day of or whatever, and then like a day or two later, someone was like, "I, I read that." Here's the thing I want to say because like people are talking about. There's there's a couple of points I want to make on this too, right? It, one, I totally agree with what you're saying, Renfell, uh, because he, by the way, it, it just blows my mind that there's like all this like negative attention. Like the dude literally took one semester in was it his 2019 or his 2020? He literally took his BYU lecture where he does as a professor teaches this particular World class yeah. on, on, yeah, on literally writing a damn novel. And, and he goes through and he has like, well, I think there was like one lady that jumped on. I've, I've watched it. I'm watching it it's through again. Cool yeah. He literally is telling you how to do it. And if you listen to him and like you said, how meticulous it is, he actually discusses his method, how he has like time in his day, how he splits it up, how, what works for him talks about like, I mean, he does from like beginning from like, so you got an idea all the way to the end there. And the fact that he, he posted it up there publicly, right? This is a course that you have to go usually pay for. Right. So he's like posting it up there. Yeah. It's getting him views and yeah, he's making money off of it. Sure. Whatever. The point is, is like, you don't have to go to, you don't have to go take his course or this course to do it. You go literally jump on there, take your notes. Yeah. Go to YouTube. It's completely free. And he did that. And yeah, four freaking novels. And he, people that are hating on him are like, it's clearly, it's like what the people are doing with Elden Ring, the developers, right? It's like, we see you successful and we see you doing this and we're jealous because we don't have that. And we're yeah. going to hate on you, try to tear you down and frame it as like some horrible. This is the other thing. If you go look at this, a lot of that money is what it's going to cost to actually Art deliver action. on this. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah, so, we got We got to stop, too. We we have to stop. Yeah. With this tribalism. Right. Of like categorizing entire cultures of people under yes. some word right like right. i don't belong to any of your words okay i don't i don't belong to any of them yep. i'm a human being i'm an american i'll accept that i'm sure. uh i'm i'm a dad i'll accept that i'm not these all these words and things and it's like guys we gotta quit like do you not understand stop. that so is the problem that tribalism is the problem please stop and you make you're making it worse you're like tribalizing even further and making yeah. even more categories. And it's like, guys, just stop. That's yeah. the problem. We just, just quit. Tri- like learn from another person's successes, right? Yeah, right. Pra- okay, I got to say something. So you guys remember um, Adam Carolla? He used to do like the man show. Oh, and- shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the 90s. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He had a podcast. I haven't listened to it in a long time. Don't know if it's still around. Mm. I think but, only a few people do listen, but I know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> yeah, he had this podcast, and it's got to be probably 10. It can't be 10, but it's probably been six or eight years ago. There was an episode on there where he was talking about when he was growing up, like 
his dad would take him out on the street and like point across the street and be like, mm-hmm. look at Mr. Nichols over there. Look at that house. Look at his Mercedes. Look right. at his everything he's got. Son, if you work hard and you put your nose to the grindstone and you, you blah, 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 you can be like that man one day. And so it was looking up to and being inspired by and aspiring to reach those levels of success. Flash forward to today's society and we see someone successful and it's like, well, that's not fair. He, he didn't, he doesn't deserve it. I deserve it because I right. exist and I need my medal as well. And, and <laughs> like it's, it's everybody just envy. jealous of other people. It's envy. Yeah. And, and it's like, I deserve it because my mommy told me that I can do anything. And it's like, maybe, but also not really. Like I can't do math. I'm never going to be a rocket scientist, but but I'm really good at other things, and if I apply myself to those other things, then mm-hmm. I could be successful at those things. But too many people have been told that they can do anything and be everything, and 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 it's created this this. Sorry, I'm ranting now about politics. Well, should I, I, I should get it? I mean, I see it in little yeah. kids I worked with all the time, right? Yeah. Like I I want it, so I should have it. And that you know the thing is though, is Nathan, what you're saying, this is the same argument we have about tribalism and gaming now. Sure obviously we see where it comes from yeah yeah right doesn't do anybody good why why does it why Mm. would anybody want to belong to a a group tribe right like i don't get it right like i i thought it's been proven in history and 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 in the business world everywhere that working together is how people Mm -hmm. succeed not not yeah going off into separate groups division well, breaks people it doesn't never work at the same time beards that tickle your feet.com is a pretty cool community to be a part of because it is beards that tickle of- your feet <laughs> is that what it's called dot com beards that tickle your feet beards that tickle your feet.com okay i can appreciate that i like that one i like that one you're that you're clearly closer to that uh to that archetype than the rest of us here and phil (laughs) i didn't i don't know why like this is because of chris she wanted me to grow the beard out and then she was like oh it's getting gandalf like just keep going to it so when youtube blew up last month yeah it was like 30 percent of everybody was like oh my god your beard is amazing i was like uh thanks but also that's not what my channel's about like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, are people just showing up for the beard at this point like it's, it's oh it's well just, it's speak to me in gandalf speak to me in gandalf renfield put your put that mage hat back on where's your pipe talk to me in gandalf <laughs> funny as shit man We've got some stuff in geek to talk about, man. But I agree, man. Like this, this, this is what I like lose my shit about too, right? Because I, I recently was doing videos and stuff, and then I'm like have a perspective, and then people like lump me into this group, and I'm like, dude, you're not even listening. This is the problem. This is the fucking problem, right? People come into it already. They see a the title, or they see a thumbnail, or they see uh, the little excerpt that's been shared from some. Twitter post or some Facebook post or Instagram feed or something, people take three words, judge it, and then fr- create a whole narrative around it, never actually listen to what the message is that a person's doing. And this has been unfortunately reinforced in all the wrong ways during the damn pandemic. Because too many people had too much damn time on their hands 
to take their frustrations instead of going out there and getting a fucking mental health counselor you took to fucking twitter and social media and shit and you started dumping it all in the most hateful way on other human beings that's real talk and i believe it and i'm standing by it and that's going to be all i'm going to say about it because i had to get it out somewhere that's that's it that's that's my two my two cents on it but thank you thankfully mental health is expensive not always not if you've got certain recent resources yeah it's not always but also depends on whether you're rural or if you're like toward you know closer to the city or something too but in geek the whole name of this show is called to the stars for a reason we're gonna get a little we're gonna talk a little bit about that domain of sci-fi and it's just the cosmos I saw something this week and we'll talk about some something else before we get into the more um, time travel space, final frontier, Sith, Jedi discussion points. I just want to hit on this one. The Batman. I, I'm pretty stoked to check this one out because it's the darker side of of him. It's more of the detective side. I dig right the now. darker side, the detective side, the, a little bit more of that. So I'm pretty stoked to see it. And it looks like, uh, what's his name? Colin Farrell, man. I was wondering if he was the penguin until right around the time before. I was like, oh my God, he is. He is. Boy, he had to have on some stuff and things, didn't he? Yeah, it's some pretty impressive uh, cosmetics. Like, Yeah. Those prosthetics are top notch. And I can only imagine, I did a lot of acting when I was a kid up through my teenage years. And you know, probably could have pursued it. I don't know why I didn't, honestly. But one of the things I always loved about getting into a character, it's probably one of the reasons I love role-playing so much and I love tabletop is is because mm. of that that acting stuff that I did when I was a kid. I have, like, cosplaying is cool because you can, it helps you get into character. I cannot imagine, and I've watched a couple of interviews with him mm. where he talks about how he's like, when you have the prosthetics on and you look at yourself in the mirror, it's like you're gone. Like, you yourself you are gone. He said it's so easy to just yeah. fall into the character when you have lost all grip on yourself and you could just put yourself in that position. And I was like, man, that's a really cool way to talk about it. And I like that that component because he's unrecognizable in that. Yeah, I barely can tell. I mean, like very, very, very little, barely in the eyes because his eyebrows aren't even the same either. You can all you can. If you look just at his eyes, you can see the resemblance, but it's so faint that you you really can't tell by looking at him that that's him. You got to latch on to some common feature. But that the thing is, is the common feature I can latch on to is one that would fit a ton of other people because of eye shape. You know what I'm saying? So like, damn, man. And the way he talks, if you just watch the commercials, holy shit. This blew me away too. I just, just not to get off topic, but Gary Oldman is another actor who has done so much like Colin Farrell. He's done so many roles where he's just in prosthetics and just disappeared. But yes, the commercials for, I had no idea it was Colin Farrell. Instead, I really started digging into the movie and then I was like, what? what now i gotta go watch the interview yeah man so good dude so 
I'm pretty excited about this today. Right now, I get a double. I get a double take, a double gift, if you will. We get done later tonight. Sim gets done. He posts the podcast. He uploads the things. He gets himself something to eat. He he goes. He sits down and he puts on some Star Trek Picard because Picard second season's out. And what is? I didn't know. Yeah, oh, last week it started. Third. Yeah, it, dude, it started last week, bro. Uh, yeah. Right. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm not going to say anything about it, but I've just, it's like, I'm enjoying it, man. It's like, it's a big step to the side of what I would expect. I would have really expected them to to go with it. It is, it is. And, and it's really cool because I, it's the same day right now because there's overlap. Dude, there's so many things in the Star Trek domain coming out. And and so I'm going to start out with Star Trek and then, and then I'm going to hit on the other one. Right. But, I can watch tonight the one of the I think it's it's either the last or the second to last discovery episode where I get to find out what the fuck these creatures are that have been oh, doing I gotta this watch, thing. I haven't watched the most recent season of discovery either because I was I was waiting for them all shit. to come out. Like, yeah, here, so I, I won't spoil it. it. You all know me. I'll bring it to the line, but I won't actually tell you shit like I'll walk it. I'll walk that line with you, but I won't actually I will. I'll walk that line right to the t- tip of the NDA or the tease, and I won't say shit. And you'll want to go watch it when I'm done. But the shit that's been going on this season, I'm just like, this is so fucked up. That what's going on? It's on such a grand scale. See how that's happening to y'all right now? And then it's like, dude. And then we're about to find out exactly who and or what are doing it. And that's I saw something on the on the Internet today and I was like, oh, my God, I have to not see this because it clearly is going to be a spoiler. We saw the first images of see what I'm doing to you right now. Uh, after we get done today, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch that episode, get to find out. And then I'll get to watch Picard, too, because also they teased after that first episode what this whole season is going to be about shit's about to get real. We're going there or things are changing. See what I'm doing. You're probably going, what the fuck I need to find out too. You're welcome. That's what I also, do. uh, Jerry, I forget her last name. Um, Ryan, nine, Ryan, she uh, posted yeah. on Twitter today that they already finished filming season three. So that's, that's mm. it. They're only doing a three season run for Picard, but they already finished filming season three. So it's just, they're going to do bam, bam, bam and be out the door. Um, <laughs> So exciting! And the the strange new, new world. Horizons. Oh my god, yeah, that strange came out today world. too. In yes, section because, thirty-two. Yes, also section thirty-two with with Michelle. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm stoked for new worlds because Anson Mount. I am a huge Anson mm. Mount fan from Hell on Wheels, and I loved him as as Pike. And I think it was season two of Discovery. He did a really good <laughs> job. So when I found out he was getting his own show, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to man crush all over this dude. And they, they, they got me so hard with that trailer because this teaser yeah. show comes out and it's Anson Mount with a beard and he's riding a horse through the snow. And I'm like, fucking hell on wheels. And then yes. the fucking shuttle comes by and I was like, sold, sold. Dude, tell me that. Did you watch Star Trek Generations? Yes. Did that yes. trailer give you those vibes a little oh, bit yeah. just with yeah. him running yeah. around the horse? I was like, yeah. fuck, it's a good time to be a track fan, man. I'm yes. telling you, they have like lower decks. that's already there. They got all this other stuff. There's one for like kids or whatever. The, the Star Trek universe franchise is, is capitalizing. And I got to tell you, homie. I'm stoked about this series because it looks like it's getting back to like the exploration, the first contact thing. And he is a damn good pike 
Yeah, yeah. Anson Mount. He's good. I love everything he does. Um, he's one of those. He's a really. He seems like a really. I, he's like one of the few actors I actually follow on Twitter. Like he seems like a really down to earth dude. He's got a farm and thinking like Alabama or somewhere and and or South Carolina, I forget where. And he's really into super ugly little dogs. But um, time, time out real quick, Nathan. You think I don't see that in chat right now? <laughs> Hold on, let's busy. just back up. So Cheryl decided to quote saying, we'll just call you the quote, the big tease, end quote, or something. Sparrow says on the couch, I don't understand why you would even say such a thing, Sparrow. And then Nathan nonchalantly in the middle of our discussions got a type. He doesn't tease on the couch. It's pretty straightforward. These are lies. This doesn't happen. You all should be ashamed of yourselves. You're probably just proud. But anyway, yes, please. I'm sorry. Continue. Thoughts? So I would like to say, as, as much as Star Trek is doing, I think they're pulling a card from the Star Wars deck as well because star wars yes. is crushing it mm-hmm. um if you haven't seen the obi-wan trailer came out yesterday the same time like a few minutes Ooh, yeah. before the star trek trailer and i mm. i have to geek out a little bit over the yeah. obi-wan trailer because clearly we're into the territory of what was going on with jedi fallen order which i just finished for the third yeah. time recently and it's that period when the inquisitors and the sisters and brothers are out there hunting down the jedi and we see obi-wan like he doesn't use his lightsaber at all during that teaser trailer he's always you know there's a it shows him at one part watching over you know baby luke but then he's also on other planets and obviously on the run and and in hiding and and trying to avoid being captured by the inquisitors there's so much going on there and it looks so gritty and so good. And I know it's only a limited season, so it's probably only going to be like six or seven episodes. I know. And what will you guys do if he just happens to age into looking exactly like, uh, I can't think of the actor's name. Yeah. yeah. What, how crazy oh my would that God. be? How crazy yeah, I, would that he's be? He's so close already. It he's, fits he's so well. He's pretty good other than he's, he's, uh, um, Ian McGregor's always had amazing hair and amazing True. beard. Um, I don't think he'll ever have as thin as hair as Alec Guinness, but True. he is right, moving point. in that direction. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I the timing is right though, isn't it? Like from, from when they filmed the, uh, episodes one, two, and three, uh, to now to doing this, this, this part of his life, uh, it, it's super it's cool good timing. You know what yeah, I mean? He's, he's in his mid, mid, you know, he's in his fifties now and he can right. be that such a that good story. Badass Jedi who's yeah. watching over the right. kid, but also mm-hmm. there's a, I don't know how, how deep into star star Wars stuff you guys are, but if you've ever watched like clone wars and then getting into oh, yeah. star Wars rebels, clone Wars um, stuff's the, great. The guy who plays, um, um, the voice actor for, um, Darth Maul and Sam Witwer, um, who does he did the Jedi? Fuck, I forget the other two games he did. The Force, oh, Force Unleashed, Force Unleashed. Yeah, he was also I think it was yeah. Days Gone or whatever. It was like a zombie apocalyptic game, and you were on a motorcycle. Oh, shit, he did that. Yo, yo, it's such a good it's game. Oh yeah, he shit, he's, he's that actor. So he does Darth Maul, and he 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 has this whole like because he's into it. Like he is part of the Star Wars Brotherhood that knows mm. the lore and everything else, and. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but you know, there's another confrontation between Darth Maul and, and Obi-Wan in, in rebels and, and other shows. And, but there's a moment where they're talking about the, the mindset of what's happened over the, 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 the course of the evolution of the Darth Maul and the Obi-Wan character. And the coolest thing is like when Darth Maul confronts Obi-Wan on Tatooine, he goes from thinking that this is just a crippled old man who's in hiding to realizing that this is the most badass 
Jedi Knight in the whole fucking galaxy. And he is literally the last watch, the last guard post over the most important person in the whole galaxy, which is Luke Skywalker, the son of Anakin Skywalker. So it's this it's this amazing portrayal of what the Obi-Wan character really is beyond just his portrayal in in the the prequel movies and then going through Clone Wars and everything else. I, I got goosebumps right now. I'm, I, I love Star Wars. Um, not as much as I used to, but I still I really get into like the the lore part of it. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's yeah, good. so uh, Star Trek and Star Wars are both. It's it's right. They're right both now, stepping it up, man. Because you got like the, the Star Wars, you got like the bounty hunter stuff going on. Then you got the Obi Wan stuff going on, even though it's a limited series, it looks like. And then Star Trek's just like series and Star Trek Four, and I'm I'm talking for Kelvin timeline four with like the new cast, like the one that was reimagined. Right? Yeah. They're even going to be doing a fourth one. By the way, well, that, that finally got green. It's, it's happening off the rails. It's happening. So this is why I'm talking about to the stars, because like, oh, my God, all the good stuff going on. And then we got stuff going on like there's talk of like Stargate stuff. There's quantum mm-hmm. leap stuff going on. Even fucking Indiana Jones is doing some mm-hmm. weird shit. Like, what is that? Oh, what the hell? Hold up, though. Hold up, though. They done screwed that up. They don't screw that up. We'll jump to that one about, first. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we're, we we just talked about last week. We did. About how, please stop with the stupid freaking time travel bullshit. And what do you know? <laughs> a couple of days later, like, Indiana Jones could do some time travel. I was like, oh, my God. Just stop. <laughs> just quit. Just reboot the series, you know? Yeah. Dang. Nathan, so, I feel like this is something you're passionate about. I don't like it. It's stupid. You know, it's like, look, as soon as you introduce time travel, your storyline and your lore is now garbage because we don't know which of that got altered. And you think it's fun for us to go and pick up the shards of the lore that we've collected over the years. It's not. That's not fun. That's like being like, oh, you like that. Uh, uh, that you've had this uh, uh, dog your entire life. You love it. I'm going to break it in pieces and you'll have fun picking up his pieces. Like it's not fun to do that to us. Uh, it, it's, it's offensive. So you got to do it right. Like it. If you're going to do time travel, you got to do it right. And you I'd can't just over it. Well, I think it depends on, I think it depends on the story. It depends on the frequency and the reason for it. Like, you know what I mean? Because like something like where essentially like the foundation of the show is time traveling. Oh, that's different. Very I'm talking different. About, yeah, I mean, yeah. like I like time travel. It's the new concept. hype thing, right? Like I that's mean, what we yeah, need I to. Mean, I mean, taking an established story and then just tossing in time travel so you can mix up some shit, right? Do like, what everybody else is Star doing Trek. with the that's dimensions the, I, too. And you're like, doesn't have to. As good as Star okay. Trek is, like right now, as good as Star Trek is right now. Yeah. They have relied heavily, and yeah. I criticized this the last time we talked yep, about this. They have did. relied heavily on time travel over the over the seasons of shows, and I hate it every time they do it. And it's, for that reason, a lot of people don't like the Kelvin timeline films because they they were throwing a little bit of time travel, and there were two different versions of Spock. Um, but I felt that they they did it in a in an interesting way in those films because I really do like those films. Um, but it is a way overused trope. Yeah, you have um, to be real cautious with the. You don't want Star Trek to be all about like timelines and time travel. All of us, you know what I mean? You want to get back to some of the bread and butter of what it was. And I, yeah. I'm hoping Strange New Worlds is going to do a good job of captivating that because it seems to me 
right? What it seems to me is that they're getting back to that bread and butter of the original Star Trek series where it was really about strange new worlds. You are literally traveling out there into space. Baby. Yeah, exploration. Because we so haven't cool. been doing we haven't focused on that in a while. Like you look at like Voyager series, for example, like Deep Space Nine's about a space station. You go to the Voyager series, they literally got tossed so far away from home. It's all about getting back. So yeah, they interact with new species and stuff along the way, but that's not the reason they're there. They're there because they got lost there and they're on their way back home, right? The original Star Trek. Now the next generation was, did have a good bit of that, right? But it was also, it was also mixed up with a lot of other, you know, different types of like stories and reasons for why episodes were happening in a way that you didn't get with the original Star Trek, but the original Star Trek bread and butter, right? Even the next generation had it a little bit. It was all about getting out there, exploring the galaxy, you know, going to new worlds, like, Hey, we're the Federation. We're here in peace. We want to know your culture. We want to know what you're about, you know, and if you want to know that about us, that was it. And I'm hoping strange new worlds capture captive, sorry, capitalizes on that particular thing, because if they can, I feel like we're at least balancing out a bit of the time travel sort of stuff. And a lot of the same sort of like plots that we've seen, you know, repeat, you know, repeated a bit. I think with Star Trek specifically for a while. I think the original Star Trek will always be like kind of the coolest, right? And and it's it's because of what you said. It's it's a more simpler, um, just like uh, it had a feel actually kind of like a really good episode of the Twilight Zone, right? It was you know where there's just like this mystery uh, that has a resolution. Um, even to me, and this isn't just nostalgia, because I didn't get into it till I was a little older. Uh, so it can't just be that. But um, mm. even the props and like when they when they would show them out in a different world and the way they did it and everything, it's just you can't beat that, man. Uh, that was the best because it was just literally and, and plus the time mm. period that it was made and the way that they kind of tried to make it make sense for that for that time. Absolutely. Um, the, the technology and et cetera, it was just so mysterious, you know, like but we think space is mysterious. Now think of how mysterious it was for people. Shit. then, right? true. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so it would true. be hard. It's hard to replicate that. That's, this is, you just touched on this. This is what blows my, blows my mind. I did a, a episode the other day talking about um, the John Carter of Mars series and oh, the film that they did. Yeah. But um, specifically the book series, because that was written in 1911. So um, think about that for a minute. And he was writing about other planets with le- lesser gravity than what we have on Earth and how yeah, Mars, John Carter was jumping around mm. and there were laser guns and there were spaceships. And there was uh, eventually in one of the later books, they travel to another planet or another moon and they use a spaceship to get there. And this is all being written in the, in the you know, from 1911 up until the 19. 19- uh, early 1940s, if I remember correctly, the timeline, right. which is well before we had ever even started doing exploration of space with rockets. And, yeah, and, and it blows my mind. That there's a there's this theory out there. I don't know if you guys know about this, but there's this theory that we're not actually creating anything in the modern era. We're just replicating the things that we've seen Holy. in science fiction stories written over the years because 
it's like we we always, we can always find a frame of reference and go laser guns. Well, those were in this book from 150 years ago, and mm-hmm. spaceships; those were in that book, and and all this other stuff. Um, it it captivates my mind, like how guys like Jules Verne and Edgar Rice Burroughs were able to write about yep. spaceships and submarines and traveling into the center of the Earth before we ever had. They didn't know anything. There was no technology no. back then. There were there weren't even like there was cars were a new thing. Telephones were still you know very very new. There was no internet. There was none of this shit, and it blows my mind, the imaginations. But someone also made a good point. The reason that they had all this time for imagination is because they weren't distracted by all the things that we have we today. We are today. Like, that, does, that does have a part to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody was made a comment, I think it was on TikTok, where they were like, you know, one of the reasons, you know, like looking at Charles Dickens, why he was able to write such good things is because the only thing he had to do was go watch executions, watch people die of the plague, come home and write. You know, like what Dude. else are you going to do with your life? I, I, I before we move too further, guys, I got to tell you guys a little fact that yeah, not okay. many people know. The first science fiction story of outer space travel actually dates all the way back to ancient Greece, like mm. second century, 200. True. A guy named Lucian. Wrote, yep. It's called it's called something like the true story or the true history, and and he was making fun of the fact it's very sarcastic because people would it was very popular at that time to say oh I traveled across the ocean and I found yep. giant Amazon women with with hamsters that they milked or whatever right like there's <laughs> fantastical <laughs> stories right so and they'd be canon. like hey, it's all true it's all true I seen it so he wrote he decided like basically like I'm gonna write a fiction book and I'm gonna it's gonna be so stupid. But I'm going to say it's true. You know, like, I'm just going to, just like everybody else does. Why not? They mm-hmm. say crazy stuff that isn't true. So, so why? But he goes to the moon. He meets, like, spider people. And there's a space battle. Um, all the all the classics are there. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. Because I've been probably for, like, the past 10 years, I've basically, I rant about this over and over and over. When you see it with movies, right? We're just remaking the same shit. Like, literally the same stories being remade. It's happening in in some people's same lifetime. Okay, there's a perfect example. Like Stephen King, he did that story. What was it called? This isn't you know sci-fi or whatever. What's it called? The Stand? Didn't he? What about the virus? Well, there's other ones too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the Stand. It didn't the Stand come out as a movie or something? And then here's. Yeah. How'd that go? Twice, yeah. So, so yeah, it was a book, yeah. and then they did the yeah. the miniseries in the '90s, which, by the way, yeah. is way superior to the bullshit that just came out. Agreed, because I've been watching it recently, and I'm just like, this is exactly the problem I'm talking about. Right? Yeah, the the new version was, too. yeah, the new version was not good. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the original version with Gary Sinise and 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 um, I no. can't remember. That, uh, the guy, the dude that he was in, uh, what's his name, son? He the freaking that his dad he is an actor too. Uh, the, anyway, the son was in Tarzan. He was in uh, True Blood. Oh, um, Skarsgård. Yes, his the whole family's yeah. actors. Yeah, right? yeah, but he's in there. It's like basically yeah. the the baddie, right? So yeah. this this is one example, right? And you see it with like other movies that have been regurgitated, and you just I just feel like we get more watered down versions that are even less feel less creative in a lot of ways. This isn't for every one of them, but come on, like really like, look, let's look at the past 20 years. How many remakes have there been of movies? Well, it's a are lot. You, are you talking like straight up remakes or like just new versions of like the next Spider-Man, the next Batman, or are you talking just remakes? 
Well, hang on. Let me wrap my head around what you're saying yes. there. Are you, are you talking about the same, same franchise? Same story. Like, same so I can, story. I can sp- – well, okay. That might be different than what, the point I was going to make. I yeah. can speak to the, the – the franchise ones is a licensing thing. So um, a company like Sony who doesn't want to lose the rights to the Spider-Man right. character yep. has to prove that they're actively developing projects with that character or, the, or it goes back. So if they want to keep having that cash yeah. cow – and that's one of the worst parts. As like as much as I love the Batman character, right. and I'm really looking forward to the new Batman movie. Yeah, or Spider-Man is a good example of the same sure, sort of thing. But it's like you, I'm it's cool like with that. Yeah, that stuff's different. Every, every 10 years we have to wrap our heads around a new actor yeah. in that role and a new take on classic characters. Um, which is part of the part of the issue. Um, but the other issue is that it's just it's kind of like when um, whenever there's a fad going on, like if a good example of this is like the Vikings thing has been going on for about 10 years now. The, any, anything that has Vikings in it, that's a fad right now. And there's a new season on Netflix, new show on Netflix, which I haven't started watching yet called Vikings Valhalla or something. I just I saw in the it, news. Yeah. It just got renewed for seasons two and three before the first season is even finished airing. Yeah. And it's literally a retelling of the same characters that were in the Vikings show on the history channel that just finished up a few years ago, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's like just a different version of those characters. So yeah. we're not even, we're not even doing original stories. We're just taking the same characters giving them different actors and telling a slightly different version of it for a different network. Yeah. Which that, that kind of stuff bothers me a little bit. Um, but it's also, um, I can't remember the name of the author off the top of my head. It's, I think it's called the iron tower trilogy or something like that. But I remember trying to read it when I was late teens, early twenties. And it was literally such a blatant rewrite of the Lord of the Rings books that I got like a third of the way through it. And I just was like, I'm not finishing this. And I sold the books on eBay. Cause I was like, this is bullshit. What and was I it remember, called? Do you remember? Uh, I'm going to go look it up now. The iron tower trilogy. The iron tower. Okay, Maybe okay. I'm going to, mm-hmm. yes, I think this is the one. Let me double check it. Dennis LeCurin reception. Yeah. It has attracted criticisms for its similarities to J.R.R. Tolkien's the Lord of the Rings. Um, it's it's a trilogy of books called the Iron Tower trilogy by Dennis L. McKiernan. Iron and I remember Tower trying to trilogy. Iron Tower trilogy. Interesting. Yeah. Here, I'll I'll link to it in yeah. uh, uh, or in your chat. And okay. this to me was, you know, everybody's inspired by Tolkien. Every sure. writer who has come since the 1930s has been inspired by. Look at sure. Terry. Uh, he was Terry inspired Brooks. by things before him too, right? Sure. That's the way of things. Sure. Yeah. And he wrote, he made his own version. Yep. So then we get to like, you know, say Terry Brooks coming up with a sort of Shannara. Oh, that was, yep. it had elves and dwarves in it, but it was a completely different story. Very much. Yeah. This book series, I remember trying to read the first book in this trilogy years ago, like 20 some years ago. And it was rip off that I just had to get rid of the book. Really? It was point Dang. for point. Dark one in the East old man oh, wow. wizard character like comes gets the kids or whatever i don't even remember all the details <laughs> couldn't say anymore. in the south at least i mean yeah it was just it was a word for word like <laughs> blatant or, or kind of like when they do um yeah the sharknado films you know and it's like oh, or man. not the sharknado ones but like when they did um there was 300 and then they did uh meet the spartans i think maybe was the parody movie that they did which was like it's the exact same plot but it's told from a comedic standpoint but this was like they'd taken the exact same plot but they didn't even try to make it comedic it was just we're going to change the names of places 
that sounds really familiar. It's kind of like when you put a paint job on something and call it something different. You know, it's no yeah. longer campfires. It's <laughs> I, or I, I, it seems to remind me of like you know when like you know you all know campfires, right? When you, you know you put the traditional campfire, like think of Sorry. World of Warcraft. <laughs> Think of World of Warcraft campfires. You know, you have a bunch of stones around. You put some wood in there. You get it lit. Smoke comes up. Imagine if, you know, you've got like, um, you've got a game. And for example, to say with a game, we'll say game, for example, right? For Let's sure. say for example, just for, just for the sake of it, just seems, we, we talk about gaming a lot. So it seems like a good fix. This is just a random example. I'm sure no one's heard of something like this before. But basically you put a bunch of stones around, you put wood in the middle. We use a fire campfire. Many of us call it. Imagine if like someone put one into a game and was like, yo, basically there's like this feature to the game. You sit down and if you're around this campfire, some of them are kind of left in the world, right? You can find them. You can be there. You can get to them. Um, like any campfire, right? You can kind of sit around it. It'll bullshit you. Maybe it'll like help heal you up or reduce, you know, take care of some of that damage you've had or whatever. Imagine if someone was like, our game, not the same name, right? World might look similar. You might wonder if it's maybe the same game sometimes. But basically all you do, sounds familiar to this Iron Tower story a little bit. We're going to get there. You they go, will. you put okay, stones good. around and you're like, there's an aura of warmth and it rises. And instead of a lot of smoke, you kind of get a little bit of light and you get these like flickers of, you know, these what's like crackling called? embers. What I mean, that? what's those little things? Yeah, embers. That's it. Embers. They're kind of adrift in, in some games, you know, and they kind of, as they rise. And I think that's what they do. Yeah, they just kind of drift away from the fire. They eventually burn out. They don't last long. Right. Either. Yeah. And I understand if you get Wait, around right. them, they can bolster yeah. you in the same way, almost very, almost identically. Almost identically. This sounds like the storytelling you just kind of told me. It's no wonder someone would consider it that. It's no wonder. It seems obvious yeah. to many of us, in, right? So in the one case, shocking. though, in the one case, I feel like, though, that it would be like if you took Lord of the Rings <laughs> and then released a three page novel uh, that just kind of was like, there was a <laughs> hobbit. Yeah, there was a <laughs> hobbit. There was a wizard guy. And they went on, they, they did some stuff. And uh, they had to bring this ring to this mountain. And uh, yep, that's the story. That's what it's about. Oh man, yeah the the rewrite or the not that the, there's the re the redoing of different things, just slapping a new paint job of it and calling it something different is unfortunately yeah. it's it's rampant in all sorts of industries, not just films. You Absolutely know, we see it. true. We see it video games. It's when some people just don't have a good imagination and they have to you know it's, everybody can get inspired by something. We're all inspired yeah. by things like Tolkien himself was inspired sure. by the. Absolutely. the mythology of the norse and um it's great to be inspired by those things and use those i was fully admit Dragonlance was a huge right. inspiration and if you know that and you look at what we're building with weave in the void you'll see similarities there but the similarities stop at the sort of that top tier level because once right. you get down into it we're doing things with quantum magic and stuff right. that's not from Dragonlance, you know. But imagine right. if I had imagine if I took the story of Dragonlance and just changed the names of all the gods and changed the names of the kinder to something else and then Dragon I Stance, my, perhaps? Yeah. Dragon <laughs> Stance. Well I couldn't use the word dragon because that might be too close to the Oh, IP, Draco so Stance. To, let's just 
Let's just go with Dragon Pole. Draco. You know, uh, you know Dragon Lance. Dragon, <laughs> Dragon Pole. <laughs> Draco Pole. We'll call it the Dragon. Lizard Land. There we go. Lizard Land. Lizard Land. <laughs> I think we need a we need a lizard pole next to the casting couch just to complete the room. Hey, what? Hey, don't take my. Okay, listen. There's these are not poles. They are floor lamps. Before anyone decides to get ridiculous, thank you. Because I know someone was going to go there. No, someone was going to. Right? Draco pole. Yeah. I mean, I gotta admit. Okay, I don't know anything about this book, Renfell. But if you tell me these. The, the iron towers also the two towers is literally come on and then you go and say a dark one in the east i mean come on dude wait what was there was a book the, the second book was called something about two anything oh, okay no i thought that's what you're saying i thought you oh, they no. tried to actually be like the two tall structures <laughs> that's a very big difference right it's one thing if you have elements in there because there's a lot of inspiration, right? Like I could sit here sure. and talk about all of the influences that are going to be in this world I'm building and someone could read it or whatever, hear me ramble on about it and be like, totally see those references different to have references and influences and inspirations that in subtle ways show themselves versus taking. It's like the people that have the wow clone games, check out our game and oh, you've yeah. You know what I mean? And then it's like you look at it, the map looks the same, the races are the same, their powers are the same, right? They're oriented in similar parts of the map. The map names have a very similar sort of like, you know, wording to them. You're just rephrasing of the same stuff. And you're like, check out our MMORPG. And you're like, I mean, I already know of one that's been around for a long time that's basically this. Oh, wait, it is this. But yours is like the dumbed down, watered down kind of shit version that wants to be it. And is like X amount of years too late because it's not original. It's not even like interesting. It's the same it's, shit. It's, it sucks to be the generic doesn't yeah, it? Doesn't, a doesn't, bad generic it, too. Wouldn't it feel bad to be like, that's what, like, like, what did you do in life? I made a generic version. <laughs> right. of, I made the Dragon Pole series. You know, like, <laughs> dude, is that really? Is that right. the legacy you want to leave behind? <laughs> I had a, a song that someone they, they joked around called Dragon Pole Dancing. You know what I mean? They made a song about my ripoff game as I took it to the bank. Unbelievable, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, really is. You've been in tears a lot tonight. Did you see the beautiful message I put in there for you to see? I did. I you saw did? it way after too late, but I did it's see okay. It. It's all right. You know, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and like lead this off. Okay, this was something I found today. I did share it in Discord. Feel free to join us over on my Discord. Dodgy forward slash some more if you're not in there. This article was just. It's moments when I wake up and I see stuff like this on my feed that just inspire me. Yeah. And it's quite literally because I can just look up. All right. When I saw that article, man, I was just blown away. And people are like, what are you talking about? Again, this is why being here can be very helpful. But how many galaxies are in the universe? When we look up, even with the Hubble, we're only seeing the closest, biggest, brightest galaxies, right? When you go down and you scroll on down, it's a really great snapshot of just understanding our universe. Like, take a moment and look at those pictures, right? There's one specifically 
And it's this little square picture, right? And it's like a millionth, a fraction of a millionth of what is in our sky in that snapshot. And as you look at this thing, you see an absolute cluster of different galaxies there. Yeah, and I tell you what, I tell you what really Jeez. put things in perspective as much as probably a human brain can is uh, I spent some quite a bit of time playing uh, a video game called Elite Dangerous. And they, mm. what they did here was based on the information that we have. They made a one-to-one replica of the Milky Way galaxy. And, you know, just our galaxy is so insanely huge that it's breathtaking, right? Like you can take, you can fly at, you know, like fast speeds, thousands of miles per hour, yeah. right? And you go into hyperspeed and yada, yada, yada. But even doing that, sometimes the distance it takes to get to where you're trying to go, some random remote freaking uh, asteroid that isn't even, you know, you're nowhere near planets or anything, right? Yeah. Um, that game really put in perspective. It's like, wow. And then that's just one galaxy. One right. galaxy, man. This is where um, we, we've um, going back to the Star Trek conversation a little bit. Yeah. One of the appeals of Star Trek for me has always been that society had gotten to a point where we were no longer concerned with Earth. Yeah. It was we'd gotten to a u- utopian. And yep. obviously there are flaws in that system. We see sure. those flaws in different versions of the show. But the theory is that we're, we've moved beyond money. We've moved along. We've moved beyond needing cash. We've moved mm-hmm. beyond needing to do menial labor so people can actually pursue whatever is their passion in life to pursue, whether it's art or music or whatever. And the idea that the Federation, at least at a certain point in time, its sole purpose was to go out there and just explore the possibilities is so cool because even even if you are – and I'm not going to say this to offend anybody who's out there watching the show, but this is this is one of those things where I always get a little bit of a chuckle when when people talk about you know with the Bible and and I, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm using this as a there is a point to this talking about how you know human race is the most important. And I look out at this picture of the stars and I'm like, yeah, but like yeah. we wrote that book for us. So obviously yep. it's about us, but take a look up at the night sky yep. at any point in time and and think about how just highly unlikely it is that we are the only right. intelligence out there when there are literally hundreds of billions. And the coolest thing I think about the exploration of space is the fact that we know that space is continually expanding yep. and yeah. and we get the fact that we're constantly – seeing new stars in the sky and new points of light because the light took that long to get to us exactly so it's like it's, sure. it's, that shit we're, doesn't we're exist even, anymore yeah, or like looking, that anymore yeah we're looking at the past yeah yes. yeah i do want to say I, I gotta be the devil's advocate here about the what you just said though sure all right just for one real quick second because your bible school teacher ain't gonna say this so i'm so so you're, <laughs> you're so napalm's gonna say it for him okay uh him or her um so or if you do want to believe the Bible, perhaps that is why there is an ever-expanding infinite, because we were supposed to live forever, and oh. we would have had children, and we would have needed places to go and live uh, and expand. 
can dig that. Just saying. Can dig the perspective. That Bible teacher ain't gonna tell you I'm that. I'm all about yeah, open discussions on things. I, I dig yeah, the different perspectives. That's a very interesting take. Yeah, that's a very interesting take. I've never it's an heard outside that the box take too, which I yeah. appreciate. Yeah, man. It's just it's you look into the damn sky, man, and you see all of these galaxies, and you look at like even in like Star Trek, you said right. They're talking about Delta Quadrant, right? All the different quadrants that they're traveling to in the galaxy. They don't even really leave the galaxy that often, if ever. And if it, if they do, it's a different dimension or universe. So it's like like technically it's the same place most of the time. So I just love it because you look up and you go, holy shit, y'all. Right? Look at all that. Look at all the other. There's in my mind there. It's in. It is not possible we're the only ones out of all of this, right? It to me, it just doesn't it doesn't compute. My mind, I'm sorry, it can't I can't keep myself in that small of a box and think in just Yeah, I like I like to pretend on all angles and think about everything, right? Careful about that. People are gonna think you're talking about the couch. It's important we clarify real quick what we're talking about here. No, just no, I, I Guys, I'm getting in trouble. Like, I've been breaking into the couch NBA like way too much. So I gotta cool down. Uh, but so, the, what I was gonna say though was like, yes. I think us as humans are being really irresponsible about the way that we're handling it if we honestly believe there's other life forms out there, right? Have you guys looked in the theory of like, if there is other life, there might be a damn good reason that nobody else is sending satellites Contact. out, right? Like, because, good. because think of this, right? Think of this. As soon as you're like, hey, we're over here. Even if a good person, a good race of people out there knows about you, there's got to at least be a thousand really bad ones who are also going to find out about you. That's a good point. you know, it's like shut up. Shut <laughs> He's like, up. shut up. Why? Why are you advertising? You know, it'd be like, hey, we got a lot of really cool stuff down here. You know, like maybe chill out, dude. Come you know, and like save us. We're lower than you. We're, we're, we're waiting for you. We need you to tell us how to live. Put us in cages. You're like, oh shit, homies. And this is how every horrible story of sci-fi comes into existence, right? Go down. Did you guys watch uh, Falling Skies? It was a uh, yeah, uh, man. That was good. That was good. back in the was, day. Was, yeah, it was uh, like ten years ago or something. Yeah, it was. Years ago. Yeah, I guess to me that was back in the day. But it was like, yeah, I remember that. How many seasons was that? It wasn't too many, was it? Four or five. Yeah, that's right. Um, it was Steven Spielberg. Mm, uh, pretty good. Five seasons. Five seasons. Really good. But also, um, if you've never, if you haven't ever watched Cosmos, like the original Cosmos, oh yeah, the new ones are great good, too. But the new ones with Neil deGrasse Tyson are also very good because they do. I think there's only two seasons, but it does go one. into. Well, they they did a second one. Did they uh, with um, Seth MacFarlane's company? I think. Oh, um, did they really? Because I've it. only got the one. If there's a second one, I need to find that shit. Because yeah, let me double check this. Uh, yeah, he did like most of the art for that too, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Wasn't he the one yes. that did all? Cosmos, Space Time Odyssey, yeah, 2014. Then they did a sequel series called Cosmos Possible Worlds, which was 2020 on Nat Geo. So oh, okay, I gotta find that one then, dude. Yeah, there's two seasons of Neil deGrasse Tyson, and what's interesting is if you watch the originals from back in the 70s with um, Carl Sagan, the ideas being presented back then were like what yeah. we consider today to be rudimentary science. Right. Then we get to the modern stuff with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and we're looking at where science has come since right. the 70s so over the course of 50 years and how we now have so much more science at our disposal um this is one of the reasons to me um 
not to sidetrack too much and deviate, but one of the reasons why I decided to, to use quantum technology in my series to a, a small degree was because I find the theory and the studies going on with quantum mechanics, quantum dimensions, Dude. quantum quantum everything is is fascinating at the scientific level when you get into like chaos theory oh yeah and and, and the oh, yeah. multi-universe and all this stuff like it is a rabbit hole that if you jump down it it starts making you question everything oh, you got to do that doses for mo- most yes. people otherwise you can kind of get a little yes yeah even myself and I'm not a mathematician yeah you know? so it, it, it's fascinating to me i wish this is this is there is a part of me that wishes that i did that I was good at math because people who are good at math have talked about how they have an understanding yep. of the universe. And that's something that I can only be jealous of because I'm like, I can, I can listen to you talk about it and I can understand it and grasp it, but I don't actually true universal language, man. Know it, you know? Yeah. It's science bitches. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> math is a, is the true universal language, man. So, with that being said, looking up in the sky, that's what inspires me. Last topic on the list is about quantum leap. Quantum leap. Speaking of quantum. Speaking of quantum, it was a perfect segue, wasn't it? I'm excited. Like, I know Daedalus is – I want to hear your thoughts yeah. on the casting so far, Daedalus. Because yeah. I wasn't quite sure about the guy they cast as the main character. But knowing sure. that Eddie's involved, I'm like – yeah, yeah, that was honestly. I was just, I was just confirming what oh, I dude. thought was the case. Um, was they're they're bringing back actually this this character that was in one of my absolute favorite episodes of Quantum Leap when um, when Sam went home, um, and he went and you know I'm not going to spoil it, but he he found his brother, um, and he connected with his brother and the guy that he leaped into. If I believe this is accurate is actually who ernie hudson is playing in this new series oh which, shit yeah Herbert that one. williams yeah and i and i watched that episode those episodes so many times it's literally like my favorite episode of all time now yeah. the one thing that i will say that triggered me a little about the article about the casting of the the main character was they said they found the replacement for scott bakula Nobody replaces my man Scotty. Okay, nobody. He's not a replacement. He's somebody new. I'm gonna give him his due when he does a good job. But nobody replaces Scott Bakula in Quantum Leap. Nobody. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I love Ernie Hudson. Like I was talking about my favorite movie of all time, which is a time travel one. Sorry, Nathan. Back to the Future. But my second favorite movie that I watched until I wore the VHS out. Yeah, I'm that old was Ghostbusters. And my favorite Hell character yeah. my favorite character in that in that movie, I would say Bill Murray is definitely it. But Ernie Hudson, he he did his thing, man. He Heck did his yeah. thing. Yeah. And I've seen true. him in other things too. Like I've seen him in other things and he's really good. Yes. He, he is definitely one of those like actors that you're like, he doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, I agree definitely with that. Definitely not. Right. Dude. So I'm super stoked about that. Yeah, that was like, man, that show was really good. You know, you know what I liked about that show? And it's something I think the world needs today. You know what it is? 
that show, from my perspective, as someone who watched it, and I watched it a lot too. I probably wasn't as big of a fan as you. Also, Bacula was a freaking Star Trek captain, so that's kind of cool. He was on Enterprise, right? That's a that's a Star Trek series that didn't go far enough because it actually was getting good. It was By the way, good. it started out a little yeah. like you're like, what's going on or whatever. But there was like maybe my brother loves Enterprise and there's like it goes to a particular place towards the end. But I think that show, it just the timing was bad. It was like literally 9-11 happened around that time. And the world was in a whole crazy place. And like we weren't all really in a place to where like sitting down and maybe really investing in some of these series was like what we do. So so that ended and it was like right as it was going to get into the Romulan War, which is like a part that we have yet to see told by the way and it's a it seems like it would be a really great story to tell in the star trek world but i digress my point is is that like the best part about quantum leap for me is it was very very comedic it was a lot of fun it was it was very lighthearted in a lot of ways very heartfelt in a lot of ways but the part that i thought was the biggest takeaway for me was what the world effing needs today and it was seeing the world through another person's perspective and trying to understand it it's true yeah because that was kind of the theme of the show it was, was like right. he's in a body that's already in its whole life situation whatever it may be right and mm-hmm. it went into almost i mean it probably did touch on every single kind of like diversity or um historical relevancy Tons. of things mm-hmm. that have happened. Um, Cause I was a kid, I was really young. I remember. And some of the things I understood, some of them went whoop and I had no idea, you know, um, but I did. I always liked that show. I always really enjoyed it. Just uh, there wasn't, you know, like there wasn't a lot of like basic TV, really good shows i don't feel like until i feel like we're spoiled for choice now oh man we are for sure <laughs> yeah because i remember back then dude i just remember like there was like very key moments that you had mm-hmm. to and that's something kids today don't understand right like you had to be there like it was a live event to watch the show you know what i mean um so like at you knew what time and on what day and you would you know have it all prepped and and plus uh, in the 80s, man, everybody didn't have their own damn TV either. So you had to like True, you had to reserve the TV for that time period. Like, hey, guys, at freaking I don't remember the time now, but on Saturdays at 11 o'clock. o'clock yeah. yeah, yeah. X-Men comes on. Oh, my Don't gosh. give a crap about Saved by the Bell, sister. We're not watching that. We're watching <laughs> freaking X-Men, you know. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that. Like, by the way, Rogue yeah. in the, in the '90s X Men. I gotta say, as a teenager, Rogue was same. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> not gonna lie. She was a, she was so cool. I don't think I was in you know in uh, into her in the ways that Renfell might have been, and I don't really know all those. But I agree, man. Anybody remember? Like, you know, oh, man. It was, too, because when you look at Quantum Leap, man, it was like it wasn't just about like it was like I mean, it was like race, right? Gender, historical perspectives. I mean, it was it was like hitting all the things like here's the hoping. I genuinely mean this. I says here's the hoping that this helps to ground a lot more people in the here and now that maybe don't do that. that like think about like another perspective and go maybe for a minute I could be open minded to the fact that maybe my perspective I can look at theirs and maybe there's a middle ground there because we could use I, a little bit more of that yeah I agree with what you're saying your sentiment um but yeah. <laughs> I also gotta say that 
in all honesty, I don't think Quantum Leap's going to save us. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm I, We're no, too no, no. far gone. Inspire hope, <laughs> not save, because I don't think I don't think I think it's going to take a whole lot more than that to to save us. But, dude, X Men back in the day, when you were talking yeah. about old TVs, do you know what that made me think of? What's that? Did anybody, my grandpa and grandma back in the day, man, like I remember being like five, six years old and this is like early mid eighties. Right. Yeah. I remember, you know, I don't even know if my, like my mom and us or like we had like a TV or whatever. I, I, I remember earliest television experience was this big ass on the floor, wooden television with knobs yeah big box and it was almost like furniture right you like had stuff on it and i remember like you know two knobs knobs, man and like yeah man and you know what shout out to my grandpa back in the day who is not with us anymore but shout out to him because my grandma or my mom would be like, you need to tell those kids to go to bed. And my grandpa was like, you leave those boys alone. And we'd be sitting there on the floor watching freaking WWF wrestling, watching Jake, the snake pile drive somebody into the ground. You were like, so it was, we know it wasn't real bite, but, but it was great. Cause like, those were the moments, man. And that was back in the day when you get like a little bit later than this, you get like the legend of Zelda had like a cartoon and the Mario brothers super show had a thing, the freaking cereal, man, the half and half. He's in Xena, baby. Yeah. And Xena. <sighs> yeah. So true. <laughs> yeah. The, true. The, and, and like, uh, um, what was really cool about that time period too, is like, if you got if you if you could sneak and stay up late and watch yes. TV, yeah. there was like some magical world. Like as a kid, you're <laughs> like, oh dream. my gosh. And I'm not being nasty. There was a little no, bit of that too, yeah. but that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about like there'd be creepy shows like that you've uh, like, heard of before. Uh, Tales, like what's that. the Tales one? Um oh there's yeah. Tales from the Tales Dark from the Side. Tales, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Dark Side. Yes. Tales from the Crypt was on HBO. The Outer um, Limits. There was that the one. That was a good Limits. one too. Yeah, you would and it would you just be sitting there. You're not even supposed to be awake, right? So you want to talk about being <laughs> <It's> scared. Yeah, you'd be right up to it. Like dude, you're you're hearing you can remember that you would have the volume down barely up and you would get to a point where you're sitting on you're sitting on the couch and you could still hear it somehow like you adjust to it and like i, I just remember yes. being watching shows like that and being like like scared like but what am i gonna do now i can't like wake up my parents and tell them i'm scared and i'm supposed to be watching this right they'll know they'll be on to me so you just be laying in bed oh like my God. Oh. That was fucked up. I shouldn't have done Dude, that. Dude, <laughs> you want to talk about late at night sneaking around? I got a shout out to my little brother, Shazad, if you ever see him here. He's in chat sometimes. Okay. My little brother, Shazad, this is a this kid was bold about his gaming back in the day. He would legit. Okay, check this out. Imagine your parents are asleep in their bedroom in the middle of the night and you are itching to play your Nintendo. And the Nintendo is connected to a TV in their room. And this kid had the balls to sneak in there, turn the TV on as they're asleep and play his video games while hiding, hiding under the bed. And he would get away with it. How do you get away with some ninja shit like that? I can't believe it. Deep sleepers. Jeez. Yeah, dang. No sound. But I'm like, the TV sound coming on, the light, and his smashing buttons. It would be like, 
Dude, turn it on old school TV. It made a noise. It had that it like, sound. Like, it was like, it was like, yeah, boom. Yeah. He, yeah, he had some huge ones. He did not care. He cared about that gaming experience, man. I remember you would just like, you would like close the refrigerator too loud. And you'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to my room. They heard that. Gigs up. <laughs> the gig is up. <laughs> just drop the burrito on the floor and go. You just go, yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Those are Sparrow, the hey, Sparrow, just to answer your comment, the light alone would wake you up. Yeah. What I did when I, I mean, I didn't have like one of those gaming systems. I was never lucky enough as a child to have that. It was a whole like my 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 parents did not think oh that was gosh. a good thing. Yeah. But I did. I did enjoy like watching like television shows. And so what I would do to address the lighting issue is I would just mess slightly with the contrast. So oh that, that way it didn't give off as much light, but I can still enjoy my show. So Yo. there is kids are creative, man. Yes, yeah, I am. Um, the, the box TV that my parent, the second TV I remember was having was like a hefty old box, still had the two knobs, but it wasn't in the wood case like the first one. But it probably weighed, you know, fifty pounds or something. So my parents. I would have been 10, 11 at this point. So I lived on the second story. All three of us, my siblings had rooms on the second floor and my parents were on the first floor. And because I was so terrified of my parents, like my dad coming out to go pee or something and seeing the light on upstairs that I would come out at like 1130 or whatever because I knew that Hercules was going to be on at like 1130, 12 or whenever it was on. And so I would come out and I would pick that whole TV up as like an 11, 12-year-old kid and I would lug it back to my room and I would – volume all the way down oh and i would watch God. hercules and then i would get over at like 1 30 in the morning or whatever and i would pick that tv up and take it all the way back and Dang, put it back. Dude. Dude. Dang. but that yeah. was that was uh, i loved that show in particular um uh when it was coming out all the you movies think... and everything my I... my grandparents actually got heavy into um my 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 uh my grandparents loved Deep uh, Star Trek Next Generation and X Files, mm. and they very much were all about just they unplugged the phone. Literally, they would unplug the phone. Nice. Nobody just we're here, we're in our chairs, coffee and cigarettes, and we're watching, you know, an hour of Star Trek Next Generation. And That's then when great. they finished up, they got into X Files. Um, they were heavy into those shows. Homies, man, you know what the funny story was about my brother and all that? So we back in the day, we we didn't have a lot, right? We I quite literally am the definition of a kid who had nothing growing up. Like mom was in nursing school. Grandparents helped raise you. Right. Nothing. Getting freaking thrift store clothing that sometimes is not a good look for you. Like that was 100 percent me. Right. We got a Nintendo. It was like everything to us. Right. Because you knew mom didn't have we didn't have much. Right. To getting that was a big deal. Literally, we're living in a trailer. Fucker caught fire. We lost everything. My youngest brother said as we were looking at the rubble and realizing we lost everything, clothes, nothing in our names, none of us. And literally my youngest brother in the saddest voice you are going to hear says, poor Nintendo. So if you ever see the Baz or Baz, the spaz man or whatever around, he, he's the youngest brother. Uh, we see him on bro nights. If you ever see him around, he doesn't come by too often. He is in discord. If you ever see him, that's, 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 that's Bazzy. That's my youngest brother. And he was the one that did that. 
And so we were just like, oh no, but you know, Ford and Onward rebuilt or whatever. And we got back to kicking some ass and and Nintendo games and stuff. But man, I'm telling you, I, I sometimes wonder, do you ever wonder this? I know that we're, 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 we're middle-aged white guys, right? A bunch of middle-aged white guys sitting here around a podcast talking, right? So our experiences are unique to like, we're, you know, for the Americans that grew up in America, this is kind of our lifestyle, right? So everybody's got a different lifestyle, different countries, different cultures. Um, but we're, we're kind of sharing in on what that experience for us was growing up, right? And like for, for, for us, we talk about like those moments of nostalgia. We've referenced a lot today when we talked about Elden Ring about like, you know, those early Nintendo experiences. And it's good to see games are kind of giving us that. But I sometimes think about current generations, right? Not knocking anything, but I wonder, because these were like the the cool nostalgic moments we had related to gaming that was like tried and true bread and butter. It's an experience that pretty much any gamer back then in our shoes would have had, right? But I wonder what the current generations are going to have when they get to that point, right? Because those experiences were completely unique to that time period. Right. I mean, yeah. The only thing I could think about right now would be like some some kids will be like Fortnite, and and yeah, yeah. I understand that it's a cultural phenomenon that was that was unique to it's. I don't even think Fortnite is still as popular as it was like five years ago, but it, or however many years ago when it first got out. But looking back at our generation, this was when consoles were first coming out, PCs were first right. coming out. They weren't commonplace, so we have shared experiences is because we were sort of growing up in that time period where we had those old school televisions and maybe a Nintendo. We got to play Zelda. Um, yeah. These days it's like, there's, there's 50 different, you know, there's all these different consoles. There's hundreds of games that come out every, every month, you know, probably thousands. If you look at it on an international level, um, mm. I wonder if that's a very good question about what is going to be the cultural, yeah. the culturally defining. Yeah game or show or something of you know the current generation or even mm. the generation previous because i'm at, i'm at like the i'm i'm somewhat in there as a millennial even though i'm technically not but you know, i was born in 80 so i get lumped into the millennial bracket but i'm on the i'm on the outside edge of that uh, i gotta I'm, I'm like i gotta say something about that if before the past 10 years when all of the people who said they know it all, who decided they want to redefine everything. I'm going to say this, Renfield, and you're going to feel hopefully happier about this because I have to say it too. Is it that? No. Yeah, it's kind of in that cancel sort of thing or whatever, but it's in that same sort of like social trending thing where we want to redefine things, reconceptualize them, recategorize them. We've been recategorized to fit the current structure. Back then, right, I graduated in 99, we were Generation X. That's what we called ourselves. That's what everybody called us. We're fucking Generation X, okay? And the reason I latch onto that is because the generation is not specifically and solely, it's a combination of things that defines a generation. It's also not, it's not just the years, right? That's a distinguish, distinguish, uh, distinguishing factor of generation, right? It also has to do with cultural norms, what you engaged in, right? What you, all of those things mattered, right? So I'm generation X because... I can get behind that. 
that's what we were back then. And you don't get to redefine what I am now because I was Generation X, Generation Strange. We pushed the fucking limits. We pushed the lines. We got in a lot of trouble. And we were the kids that people said, if you played Legend of Zelda back in our generation, that were devil worshippers because... That was of the devil, and D&D got it, it too. So Generation X, baby, proud and true, and you don't get to tell me what I am. I know better than you. I was here first. Yep. Thank you. And uh, I want to add <laughs> on to this, I wanna, I wanna this conversation, too, that, like, <laughs> unfortunately, what I believe is we live in a constant entertainment, cell phones and, and YouTube and uh, Twitch and video games. And, True. You know, there's, it's constant entertainment. So I don't think that I don't I think beyond <laughs> this point, nobody will appreciate the entertainment as much as we did yeah. because it's just everywhere now. Yeah, There's saturated more now. Saturated. We're saturated. Yeah. It's not yeah, special, got, you know. I, I can think back like I actually remember a childhood before cell phones. I remember a childhood before internet. And those are two things that define the current generation are smartphones and internet access, like global internet access oh, and everybody's yeah. got a smartphone. I didn't get my first mobile f- I got a, a a Nokia when I was 6 no I would have been maybe 18 or 19 somewhere in there the only reason I had one was cuz my dad was an early adopter for his business cuz he had a construction company so all he wanted all the employees to have cell phones but I remember he had like the old over the shoulder brick in a bag back in like the early 90s um because of his of his work mm-hmm. um but I got a phone through work at like it had to have been 18 somewhere in there. And I mean, it used to be expensive back in the day. I got one month I went over cause I was talking to my buddy in Seattle and no one, I didn't have a clue about roaming or minutes oh, and anything else. Geez. And yeah, I got a, yeah. my dad got a $600 phone bill on my phone from work. He took it out of my paycheck. Cause he was like, I ain't paying for that shit. And I was like, well, no one explained to me that there were like minute limits and I didn't know I was just given a phone. But before I was like, 18 ish never had a phone like and and the idea of me like i can barely remember now what it was like before google maps and here's the thing i didn't even have a smartphone until 2015 like i was still using an old like normal phone up to 2015 and i had to get it for work um but i can't like trying to fathom how to navigate pre pre gps and pre google maps blows my mind because i can remember back in the day it was somebody would call you and give you directions they'd be like Drive 2.5 miles here. Look for this on the right. Look for this street name. Go left here. Drive 1.7 right. miles. Look for the mailbox that says Goober Butt and yeah. turn right there. Right. You know. I do not miss that, dude. I do I, not that either. is one thing. Dude, I remember you would be somewhere random and you just pull over and be like, I can't figure this out. Or at least I would. I would just be like, I'm pulling over. I'm going to ask somebody in this gas station, yep. how do you get here? And they would say the dumbest shit. You'd literally tell them. I'm not from here. I'm I'm kind of lost. Kind of know where I'm at. I'm trying to get to here. Like, oh yeah, I know where that's at. First, you want to go down this road and down where the little Jimmy boys used to swim out by the pool and make a laugh. You're like, Jimmy. you're like, is there a pool there? They're like, no, there used to be. Like, dude, that doesn't help me. It's and not there like, okay. anymore. They'll be like, well, do you know where the old? Uh, do you know where the old timey uh, bar where they used to do the dancing is? Like, no. Remember no, that big tree they cut down? No. That's a southern thing a little bit, but also, yes. dude, I do not miss that. Did you bullshit. see? Did you see what they said in chat about Generation X? And this, I, I love this. Generation X, the last group of folks who can carry a conversation without checking their phone. 
Um, that's true, but I will say a lot of Gen Xers don't know how to hold conversations anymore without a phone. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. I was like sitting here going, new generations, youngsters, right? We remember the internet. They're going to be like, the internet was like normal. Like, I remember this... being like 17 years, yeah. 16, 17 years old with my uncle who was a year older than me and my cousins. And we were out, you know, at like two o'clock in the morning at a freaking Denny's or something, smoking cigarettes and, and drinking coffee because we were just got done skateboarding all yeah. night, you know. And like we would hang out for like three hours just drinking coffee and, you know, being cool kids and as we were. Um, don't go out there and smoke <laughs> cigarettes, kids. Make um, good choices. But not worth it. Not worth yeah, children. Make smart choices. Yes. Um, but I mean, we used to sit around and we would go skateboarding together and then we would hang out and just talk about stuff together and then getting into D and D groups and, mm. and, and other stuff. Um, and I had a reading group when I was in high school where we were all into Dragonlance. And then I had a friend's dad who owned a comic shop for a few years, which is where I got comics before my, my mom decided that that was bad and burned them all. Um, but that was cool. Cause his, that guy, um, I'm still friends with him on Facebook anyway. Um, but his dad was the one who got me into um, like uh, Piers Anthony and the Xanth novels and a whole bunch of other fun fantasy series um, over the years. And, and that kind of stuff, it's people don't have conversations like that anymore. Just hanging out for three or four hours. It's rare. Um, Very unless true. Unless you're on the show, of course. Right. It's rare <laughs> unless you're on the show, of course. Uh, it's a good takeaway, right? right? <laughs> We're like the last great hope for <laughs> fill in the blank, fill in the blank. Nathan might tell you something different than Renfield just said. Daedalus might tell you something different than they said. No, I'll probably tell you something different than what I would say, because they clearly have a darker side than I do. Right. <laughs> Hold on, where's the... <laughs> It's the live change the lights. Don't, don't that can't you can't define me by my background color right now. It's not fair. I used to not have a dark sense of humor until don't say that. Um, don't do what uh, you're about to say. No, I'm not. I'm not. OK, uh, something <laughs> happened that's under NDA. I can't talk about. And after that, I've went into it, it some changed, pretty dark yeah. humor. It changed. Really? <laughs> yeah. You went a little dark side, maybe? I'm, it's a it's an NDA. That you I, may have showed a little dark side. <laughs> Nathan, Linder NDA. I can't talk about what it was, I which don't. is irrelevant anyway. It's irrelevant. Hey, listen, you saying. stop that laughter in chat. Listen, Nathan. I don't. You say NDA, but I feel like most people that are savvy are completely understanding what you're saying, and I think it's important. I'm gonna just have to. I kind of want to ban that comment in chat, but I'm not, I also don't want to because censorship, right? So one day you just want to, you know, make a career and make a, make a, you know, get an audience on YouTube. Next thing you know, you're selling shower juice, uh, Irish uh, Springs edition. <laughs> Is anybody else kind of feel like if they were to consume shower juice of the Irish spring variation, that it would be like washing their mouth out with soap? Yeah, or- I don't. I don't, you don't want to drink it. It's not for drinking. Is it like, is it like, is this what, is this your, is this your like, this is like bath water, but only consumable? Is that what we're going with here? Cause that sounds, maybe if so, we're (laughs) 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 now not only shower juice, you can use it for some multi-purpose juice, right? Oh Oh, gosh. Wow. That's like the future of bathing. Really? If you think about it. 
Yeah, and it saves the environment. Oh. You're wasting less water, you know. Um, you know, and <laughs> food. It's good for the environment. It's recycled, recycled shower juice. Oh my god, dude! It's the most ridiculous Organic. thing. You know, one of these days we're gonna go live. I'm gonna link like an OnlyFans, and it's gonna have all of us going like this. <laughs> and then there's gonna be like these pictures you can't see, and people are gonna go in there, and it's gonna be like, what's his name doing the Rick roll? So, yeah. Oh my god, Rick yeah. Astley doing the Rick roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh so. man. Well, this has been a great show, gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, a whole lot of the good stuff, and we've consumed all of our content that we have to share with you all. Um, I think it's time to wind this down. I hope that you all have been listening and watching, have been thoroughly enjoying yourself, gotten some laughs, enjoyed some rants. Maybe some of you have put your hammers up. A little bit of lights justice. Maybe some of you have been like, "Yes, I agree." Or just have been like, damn, I needed that. Because that's what this show's about. Sometimes we got to lay it down for the damn scrubs in the world that need to learn. Better learn today, you know what I mean? You know who you are if you ever listen to this and you heard yourself being mentioned directly or otherwise. Get told. Or get got. Like, I'm going to get got nailed in the ring later on this weekend. But with that being said... <laughs> gentlemen let's go down the down the line here and shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on this podcast also those links are in chat thank you to my mods renfell youtube.com forward slash renfell is my personal space and then everything else uh that we're doing is weave in the void and i would say that we just wrapped up our uh lost mind of fandelver campaign last week but it is not the last thing you're going to be seeing from everybody um as soon as Chris and I get moved, we're going to be meandering back to some interim content, and then we're going to be working our way towards the Weave in the Void campaigns this summer. Nathan's been putting some pretty fun content out around all of that stuff, so if you want to find out more, you can head over to our Patreon page as well, patreon.com forward slash wandering hermits. And this is actually today my last official looking for more session from yeah. Big City. I may not be here next week. I'll let you guys there. know. Um, theoretically, they said they're installing the internet on the 17th, which is mm -hmm. Thursday. But I don't know sure. if that means morning or afternoon or if they're even going to show up on that day. So I might not be here next week. But. Yeah. Fingers crossed, but more importantly, fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly with the move and getting settled in the new domain because that's yeah. that's going to be good, though, man. It's going to be all your own, your place, place your domain. For, yeah. It's just, it's all squared away. There's a Perfect. lot of work that needs to be done to it, but yours, it's ours 100%. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. going to be, cool. gonna be a great feeling. What about you, Nathan? What do you want to shout out here, huh? You can find me on YouTube, the Nathan Napalm. You can also find me on Twitter, the Nathan Napalm. I've made enough jokes about shower juice. That's that's all I got. Just Love to that you could even get there without <laughs> giggling, dude. Yeah, because I knew that you thought I was going to. <laughs> uh, Here we go. Here we have to go. Daedalus, man, you got to follow up all that. So no pressure. Oh, I got to follow up all that. I, I heard you were releasing two kinds of styles of shower juice, the creamy and the chunky, but maybe you'll. <laughs> 
talk about that next time. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at the Ashton Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash slash the Ashton Herald. You know, I, I gotta ask, I yeah. didn't know I didn't know you could make one of those styles. I only knew about the chunky. How do you do the creamy? <laughs> A little more agitation. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. You gotta you gotta work it. And it, chunky is sounds like it's a whole lot beyond exfoliation so i don't really know if you're going to make like an exfoliating sort of well, like no, you you want there to be some pieces in there that can be kind of lathered up it makes it last longer you know if it's all just water you know very thin it won't last so starchy starchy gel yeah, jelly yeah, you get a bit yeah jelly you get a wad in there and you can just kind of juice you know. juice you can dilute it down you can drink it you can um yeah, that's, the that's hair it. Oh, your hair this, with this. this show's absolutely just gone right off the rails. But do you see how many people are laughing? And all I see is Sparrow Check going, dudes. And I'm like, homies. And you thought Nathan didn't have anything more to say about shower juice. You're welcome. Oh, you better learn. That's I it. Mean, it's, my, it's my new, uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is right there. Is this on the same website that your loot box MMO is on? Uh, poop, poop NFTs. Yeah, the poop <laughs> NFTs. I've tried a few things. I've had a few ventures. Um, so oh my god! One of them's bound to stick. Yo, again, want to remind everybody: you are welcome to join the community over here on Discord.gg forward slash Samorg. You can catch us on well, us or myself rather. If you want to support this podcast or any of the other podcasts that you see or content, go to patreon.com forward slash Samorg. Check it out. See what's up. But more importantly, thanks for being here and. Ah, that was good. It might be at the end of the show today, but we're always looking for more to join the party. Until next time, Ransom Plenty, have a great night. Walk in the light, not the dark light, and we'll see you again real soon. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to lather up. Unbelievable. No chunky discussions. All right, let's go. All right, this is hopefully it'll get bad. Bye.